Hello, 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 and welcome to your aunties could never. I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with Auntie Clara, Auntie Nana. You're kind of low for me. Who? Your sound. Me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm normal. I haven't done anything different than normal. How's it sound for you, Farah? Is it normal? Yes. Yeah? Okay. All right. Maybe it's just me. Um, and guys, we're missing somebody. Auntie Charlotte. She's gone to, um, she's doing some big boy things, big yell things, I should say. So she'll be back next week with us. Um, so it's just the three of us, but that doesn't matter. We're still your favourite aunties. Still here, ready to make you laugh, maybe cry. Maybe excited, maybe run down the street naked. I don't know. Um, <laughs> how are you, my aunties? How are you doing? Auntie um, yes, no, I'm good. I'm good. I found a well, I don't think it's a useless fact, but I have a fact that stumbled me today that I wanted to share with you guys that tickled yeah. me. Did you know that the UK is the number one provider of cannabis to the world? No, I did not freaking know that. It tickled me. Really? Yeah. Like, as in elite, like, obviously legally, but so we're yeah. the biggest exporters. We're the biggest supplier. Really? Mm -hmm. that, that doesn't sound true. How? It's true. It's this. Anybody can Google it. I suppose to supply, you don't have to grow, do you? You just have to have it, have access to it. Because they, what can they grow? They can't grow shit here. So, so I don't know where they're growing it. It doesn't say that. But they are the number one supplier of medical grade and legal cannabis to the world. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Hmm, it surprises yeah. me, but doesn't surprise me. Uh, on the colonies, isn't it? <laughs> probably. It tickled me though. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's fascinating. I knew, never knew. Um, Antifara, how you doing? Sorry, I was on mute. Um, I'm all right. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm so very, 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 very busy. It's funny because I I, I just had my exit interview. Because I'm leaving. What happens in the exit interview? Why did in the exit interview, they basically ask you, how come you're leaving? Um, what you're going to do? what has been good about where you are, what has not been so good, what have been the challenges, have you got anything to tell us, that type of shit. Did you tell them about it? Did you tell them about themselves? It was a good open conversation. That's what I will say. I hope that means that you told them about themselves. <laughs> As I said, it was an open conversation, you know? I hope that means you sent me an email saying, I'm going to CC my brethren in, my brethren auntie AK. She's going to talk on behalf of me. <laughs> yes, she's going to fill in the gaps. <laughs> um, that's, that's, I don't think, I, I've never had it. I never had an in exit interview. Any times I've left my department at a certain place, no one ever give a damn why I was leaving. Like, <laughs> you were this is my first ever exit interview. Like I've sat down with people, but not an official yeah. with HR exit interview. I kind of appreciated it though, because hopefully it will help the next person as well. So that's that's what I was thinking. I was thinking this is probably some consultant has come along and mm -hmm. said for this organization, and it's a big organization that you worked for, this would be a good way for you to actually like have some consistent practices, find out why somebody's left. Yes. It makes sense. And how but it's how honest are you gonna be? Like I I, I would want to do the big like 
you guys were shit. You should have paid me more than I'd want to do. And again, I will refer to my earlier statement of I had an open and very honest conversation. Off, off, off my off camera, then you need to tell us everything. I'm so intrigued. I love a bit of this. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, I just hope you did your due diligence. Okay, welcome to Your Aunties Could Never. It's a podcast for cool aunties and uncles everywhere where you hear no nonsense, straight talkings. And um, now it's time to get your plates, get your drinks, and let's start the show. Auntie Farah, we got game. Mm. If we don't, it's fine. Mm. Hold on. Maybe. Because I had one, but I didn't like it. So I wanted to change it. So give me two seconds, and then I we make may... up the game on the spot. Yeah. So <laughs> I may make up the spot. game. Okay, let me make the game. Okay, what am I thinking? Yeah, I do. What am I thinking? What are you thinking? That's You're the thinking? Game. Did I tell them to go and fuck themselves? <laughs> <laughs> no. What am I thinking? Okay. No. I think I think you're thinking. I would like some plantain. No, that's a good thing of what I'm thinking, but I'm not thinking that. What am I thinking? <laughs> I don't know. I think you're thinking I would like a big black guy to bring me some plantain and salad. Yes, the salad. <laughs> why, is plant, why is plantain involved? I don't know. <laughs> Salad. I mean, I, I don't mind it. I'm all Yes, exactly that. I was exactly thinking. I wish a black man would big, big, a big black man mm-hmm. would bring me salad and plantain. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I read your mind. Yeah, you did. That's the end of the game. I don't right? have a game. I don't like the games that were coming up. So I don't okay, fine. Okay. Do you have a game, Monty? Oh, no, no, that you made up on the spot. I, 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 I don't have a game, but I do have a question. Um, that was posed in a group and this maybe at another stage we can go into this in a game but the, the question posed was who out of the four of us would you pick to pick a blind date for you like who would you select to do that Nequera. Auntie Farah. <laughs> yeah look at that <laughs> now I'm with some person who she thinks I should be with <laughs> but he'd be all right. You just got to give him a chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... It doesn't matter if he's five foot nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say Auntie Shade because only based on I might have trusted Auntie Shade, but based on Ingana when she tried to say that the guy that approached me was like, "Go for it," and I was like, "He wasn't. He was cute, but he wasn't my type at all in any way, shape, or form." And she was like telling me that I was being fussy. I think she came back and told you lot I was being fussy. Ah, so now I can't trust Auntie Shade with my heart. So yeah, it'd have to be Auntie Farah. But uh, to be I fair... I only don't trust Auntie Shade because I think that... <laughs> it's not a bad thing, actually, why I don't trust her. It's not for what you said. I just feel like she'd actually be saying no to loads of people that I'd probably say yes to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so anyone uh, would are you going to pay for her stuff? No. You see, like, my expectations for my friend, that's what I feel like it would be like. So it's how because of that. Yeah, I think, but I do think Auntie Nana, because she does know something, but but no, when we had that conversation off camera, when you were saying, like, who would you pick? And you were surprised, was it you or Auntie Shade who was surprised at some of my tastes? And I was like, you really don't know my taste. So, I don't know. Yeah, you, you like surprised... the men. Okay. <laughs> you were surprised. No, I, I, you, you have a, a, a 
a look. Not not to say yeah. all of the dudes they look have like the same look, but um, you mice. have a look. I look like mice. I like, I look like mice. Mice. Yeah. You have anyone, you that's just... da- anyone that's dated Auntie AK, look in the mirror now. You know you look like a mouse. Blatantly. <laughs> like, there's a, it's a specific kind of like gerbily type. Like, yeah. And not not Gerbils have cheeks. It's a mouse. Little rodent. I don't, please don't do that sound. Either. Oh, and it, rodent. Ro- rodent, rodent featured I, man. I think rodent's a good word for you to use in reference to some of these people. Their, their behavior, not their yes. looks. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you were surprised, because Auntie Nana was surprised that I, um, ha- I thought old man Ebro is freaking fine when we saw him in New York. Yeah. Afro punk. She was surprised. I, he's fine. But I think everybody seeing Ebro in life is going to be like, he is... Beautiful. You wouldn't expect it. I was surprised at myself. It's like, but yeah, yeah. No, I think I could pick you a guy. But I'm in the conversation. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Nobody's gonna pick me. This is a get. This is the game. Pick me a guy now, Auntie Nana, and I'll <laughs> and pick a guy for Auntie Farah out of the famous celebrity world. We've already done this. Like a celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now, Auntie Farrah. Nana, if you don't pick accordingly, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. Yes. And not I, one okay, I cannot think of a rodent-looking person. No, stop. That's just a gem because not all of them have to look like a mouse. No, I'm trying to think of a guy. I can't think of one for you. All right, so for Auntie Farah, there's the classic ones that you say that you like, but I'll go a little bit off the beaten track. See, this, to... is, the this is the problem. <laughs> go on. Go on. Um, oh, what is the dude's name? So he was starring in, in Harlem. He kind of looks like a better version of Amari. No, I'm not into those guys that look like that. He's too smooth, too slick, too. No, I don't. Do you like know what that. I'm talking about? The genuine, like they from the school of genuine kind of boys. No, he doesn't look like that. The one no, that let me find engaged. him. The one that was engaged. Yeah, that dude. No, I don't like dudes that look like that. That's too. Dude, what do you look like? What do you look like? Let's get a picture. Let's get a picture. What do you I look like? I like dudes that are a little bit more rough around the edges. See, I would call him rough around the edges. No. No, he's not. He's too smooth. He's too like. Let me see. Get yeah. a picture. Get a picture. Get a picture. I'm trying to find one. He's handsome, but no. And but I did not. Wait, wait, wait. There's a difference between the guy that he's hand like he's not your regular type. But if he moved you, would you be like, no, go away? No, I'd date him, but I, he yeah, wouldn't. I would, really? yeah, I, I, would go, yeah, I would only go. I'd appreciate the date, but he's not. But he's even if okay. If it's the character, him. Are we talking the character or the person? Yeah, this is the actor. He's again. He just looks like he take longer to get ready than me because he's brushing his waves. Like, can you find? I can't find him. You know. All right, hold on. Um, I think it's this guy. What's his name? The guy that plays her ex, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. the one that's engaged. Okay, because I, I haven't watched. I can't. I couldn't get. I love Harlem. I couldn't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's watchable. Uh, it's watchable. He's called Tyler Lepley. I watched it in one day, and he goes out that's with him. someone famous as well. I can't remember who. That's him, I had watched him like in a you know like a raw video like him out with his friends and I could see you and him vibing. You know what? He looks like Drake too much as well. He don't look like Drake. He don't look like Drake. This this picture, you lot can't see it. That picture. No, he don't look like that. (laughs) He don't look like Drake. Oh my god, look, Drake's next to him. I didn't even see that. That's just literally them saying they're too light. No, they're not. That's like that, that is pictures of really, the dude. I wouldn't even like, put those together. This is like Daily like Mail. Daily. No, this is like Daily Mail when they mistake people. 
This is oh, this serious? Dude, look, it says him and they have Drake's picture. The rest of them is him. Do you see what I'm saying? No, but he All doesn't right. look like Drake to me anyway. I don't see it. But I, 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 I class this as a win because you said that you would date him. I so I can't date. Date. No, I, mean, I wouldn't leave the date, but I'd be like, no, no, you know that's not my type really, innit? But you'd go out of him. And if he was no, nice to you, I wouldn't leave him. the date. One but, point to me. It okay. <laughs> Candice actually has said Kofi Kofi Sirabo Yes, yeah, he's, you see him he's You see him that, That's narrative I, I, I would say he's too conventionally No, he's hiding, great But okay, that's he's an interesting great. one He is great He is great he's also, also, as, like he's, as he's getting older it's like, I hope he's not, you know, like Mackay Pfeiffer? Yeah, Mackay yeah. was the best and like the most beautiful man. And unfortunately, <laughs> it's not the same. It's like, getting older, something seems turning. to be, I love you. And if you want to date me, I, I'm up for it. Maybe you're <laughs> in real life, even though you're like 12. But still, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm still thinking of you, AK. Yeah, um, go away. He's, he's I actually good. think Kofi's a good one for AK as well. Yeah, his name's Kofi. Ah, I'm, I'm Kofi. from Grenada, so it's Kofi. It's not. <laughs> um, okay, in the show, I'm somebody will pop in my mind for you. His name's Nana. Nana. You've lost actually. it now. You've lost it. <laughs> for Nana's second, Nana. second husband, Uncle, uh, yeah. Uncle, Uncle Nee, don't beat me. I would pick. I would pick <laughs> I'm so intrigued. Come on. Wait, wait, I have someone pick the guy. The guy that plays Black Lightning. What? <laughs> Ew. He's not ugly. I but he's no. But he's no, no. Luke Cage. No, no, not no. Luke Cage. He's for, no, not Luke Cage guy. Um, the younger guy, the old dude that's like an Wait, uncle. No, in in Black Lightning, not Luke Cage, fam. No, no. Do you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the guy that's in um, what's that one? The little boy that's on now. Yeah, not that one. I don't like that show. No, I you know what show I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. The little boy, raising Dion, raising Dion, raising Dion. I'm thinking of that guy who's also about twelve, but he's in that in that little no. Latino uh, thing that's on. Uh, his name is um, Chris Williams. Chris Williams, that's it. No. Like, <laughs> the furthest away from. Farah was actually closer because I do like a greasy, genuine type of looking dude. Yeah, you do. I've said that, but this guy's like... But, no, he's he's like an uncle. He literally looks like we're family. I'm not going to get with somebody that looks like kin. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, well, that's no. Like that. <laughs> no. no. You failed. Yeah, you failed. Everybody. I was being silly, to be fair. Um, <laughs> hello, everybody in the comments. Let's go. Let's go. What? Okay, now it's time for what have you heard? I don't know who are we welcoming to the family again. It's your turn, Andrew. No, it's me again. Oh, yes. Um, hold hold on to your horses. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I didn't have time today. Don't give me that look. It's been stressful. <sighs> I mean, I, I, I didn't even come up with a. My life is stressful. I did have someone though, because I thought, oh, he'd be good, but I didn't think it was my turn. <sighs> I'm trying to remember who it is. 
Black Lightning, you know. <laughs> I was teasing, I was teasing. I was teasing. <laughs> okay, come back to me. We'll do it in a bit. I'll have to find Sorry. it. Sorry. All right, what have you heard, guys? This is a section where we get into what's going on in the streets. No, it's not where we get into the, what's going on in the streets. It's what we've heard in the news, <laughs> the serious news stories of today. Um, and actually, first up is me, Auntie AK. Now, I was going to talk about, thank you, my daughter. She's brought me a pancake. I'll tell oh, you oh, yes. Happy Shrove Tuesday. Happy Shrove, Shrove Tuesday. Tuesday. No, Boogie, you know what you need to do? You need to put it in the microwave and make it go hard. Thank you. Is it Shrove? Is, is that what it's called? Shrove yeah. Tuesday? Pancake Day, Shrove Tuesday. Thank you. Happy Shrove Tuesday. Um, took about two minutes. Okay. I was going to talk about Roe v. Wade. The Republicans basically... You see, while, wars, while war is pending and while they're distracting us with all sorts of war nonsense, this is where the governments pass bills that people are like, oh, hold on a minute, this is illegal. So there's two things I wanted to talk about quickly. Um, basically, the GOP, the, that's the Republicans in America, have filibustered a bill that would protect the abortion rights of Roe, um, Roe v. Wade. So that, that whole thing about banning abortions and stuff like that, they've managed to put something through that will block the protection of the abortion rights. And it's just let everybody know that this is what's going on. So the wider consensus is, whilst they're distracting us with news on news on news about war, really keep an eye on what your governments are doing in the small print, because stuff is gonna get passed, next minute all our rights are gonna be taken away and we're just gonna be messed up as even more than what we're used to. But what I do wanna talk about, I forgot that it was a London tube strikes. At the moment, you got a strike, we had a strike today, did we? And a strike tomorrow on Thursday. Um, were you guys affected by the strike? Did you even know the strike was happening? Do you think the tube strikers need to be striking still? Like, don't you think they've had enough? Or do you think they've had enough rights or stuff? Or is it down, you know, one for all and all for one? We stand with the people. Yay. Go. Auntie. Um, no, yeah. Sorry. I, no, Auntie Nanny. No, no, I was going to say, yeah, go. I was going to say anyone, actually. I was affected by the tube strikes because there were more cars on the roads and it took me an hour to to complete a journey that would normally take me half hour, oh, 25 sure. minutes. So definitely I noticed more cars on the road. Um, I had lots of colleagues that were unable to get into work because of the tube strike. So that was a thing. Um, do I think that they deserve more pay? Well, considering that the fares went up today, I would say yes. Because if, if their wages have gone up, which they have not, they wouldn't be striking, would they? Mm. So how can on the same day, I think there's a bit of a coincidence there and it needs to be looked at by the public, the day that the fares raise is the day that they put on their strike, probably because they're not getting what they're needing. Yeah. You know, tube, tube drivers and those people, they um, they do work exceptionally long hours and I think people take for granted that it is quite a difficult job. You're facing the public constantly and being harassed. Um, and if you're driving the train, you've got a lot of responsibility on you. It's not you just push a button. You have to know the routes. You have to learn the routes. You have to actually know basic mechanics about how to fix the train. If the train breaks down, there are people that are, you know, suffer from PTSD from people jumping in front of trains. There's a whole load of shit that goes on. And let's face it, they're making a lot of money from London Underground. I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's cheap to maintain it, but I do find that if you look after your workers properly, people won't leave and then people won't strike if you look after them properly. And there's it. Auntie Nana. Okay, so just looking up why the RMT are, are striking at this time, and it, uh, TFL actually plans to axe 500 to 600 station posts 
and they are looking to review TfL's what they consider generous pension scheme in a bid to save cash as well. So that's why they're going um, on strike at this moment. It's actually like Sadiq Khan has put out, it would save 100 million by 2025 on doing these different changes. So that suggests that there'll be a lot more people out of work. I always support workers when they're striking and this doesn't seem right. Well, I'm thinking I haven't been affected, but I, I don't travel far. And it's like, how do you justify, there's so many stations where people don't work and you need staff like to, to manage the stations as well. So if you're going to remove 500 to 600 more when there are so many staff not even working on London Underground at this moment, it doesn't seem feasible to have a, a, a transport system that people are going to feel safe using and you're going to have any service. So it's like this doesn't, it doesn't make sense to be cutting jobs like that, really. So I, I support them, but I wasn't affected. I know there's more traffic out on the roads from the husband. But, you know, as long as they got to do it, I think we should all just rally round and be like, yeah, workers' rights, support them. You're on mute. Oh, looking at a news story for myself. And um, who is it now? Caroline Pigeon, chair of the London Assembly Transport Committee, has described the decision to take industrial action as a poor judgment by the RMT. She told um, uh, Radio London, oh, my old haunt, Jimoke Fashola, um, that... You know, if there was a change in staffing and they're looking at cutting jobs, I would understand the union going out and looking at striking because they want to fight for their jobs. Jobs, But there's none of that at the moment, apparently. So countering the fact that their jobs are going. Quite frankly, she says, this is a gift to the government in their whole agenda, which is to move as fast as possible to driver less trains on the underground. I don't even know that was an agenda. And I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe when it comes to health and um sanity of drivers maybe there's a thing but then that means there's always going to be people losing their jobs i mean i don't know if you lot would ride a i suppose by by default we will end up having to but what are your thoughts about getting on a driverless tube i don't like the idea of driverless anything yeah and i'll tell you per why um oh. <laughs> um any machine like any person is open to fall right things happen and if no one is there to look at it, like what, for, let's say, for example, you've got a driverless train and a tree happens to fall on a track somewhere, right? And there's not a sensor because something happens to the sensor. Accidents can happen. I mean, I'm being very vague, but accidents could happen. Whereas if you've got someone, a driver in front of that train, driving the train, they will have the whereabouts to actually stop that beforehand because they can see what's happening so and to contact people to say to them this track's done you know there's thing one of my best friends is a train driver and i've said it before on this show but some of the things that he's told me that he has to know and be aware of it's made me a lot more understanding of the shit that they sh the responsibilities that they hold so no i don't want no i don't want to be on a driverless train i don't want to be on a on a um, pilotless plane <laughs> i don't want to be on any of those things my, I want my, someone there in case the ship happens and they can, you know, get off of autopilot and go into manual. What's weird is this whole, every time there's cuts to save money, but we never ever see the benefits of this saving money. Never, I can never ever, I don't know if anyone can counter this point, that ever have they said, we're making cuts to save money here and we've seen the fruit of those cuts, the benefit no. of money saved. <laughs> it's a lie. Money is not real. 
as well. We never see it. They put the fears up, but they're talking about they're doing all of this to save money. So yeah. within what he said, Nana, is does he actually say that increasing the prices is also going to help that? Because it's, it's all of it. I think it's because okay. you know what the what was the last time when he was going to the government to get money? He was basically saying like there's just no money in TfL. But then you have you've you've got Uber drivers, they paid it TfL. That's a new industry. So where's all of that money gone to? Yeah. You put up fares every single year. Where, where's that money gone to? You always seem to be cutting stuff, station staff. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Where's all of it? So it's like, if it doesn't charge. work, it doesn't work then, doesn't it? Congestion, congestion charge seven days a week now. Yes, they've um, reduced the number of hours, but it is seven days a week now. Exactly. Congestion charge. You've got ULES charges. Like, where's yeah, the money? That's Blackburn? a new one. <laughs> it doesn't so make any are, sense. What are ULES? What's ULES? So ULES is to do with um, your emissions. So if your car is letting out certain emissions or your vehicle, should I say, is letting out certain emissions and you go into a particular area, you're charged. And yeah. I feel like it's £25 a day or something. Yeah, something like, like that. It's, it's like quite high. a ridiculous amount of money. And I understand why, because they're saying it's to help the environment. But my thing is, if you're saying it's to help the environment and to stop congestion in certain areas, right, that's great. But where's, what are you doing with the money that you're getting? Because it's I, that's the bit I don't understand. Because hardly anyone's going to pay that kind of fee to go into work every day. Most people aren't. Most people have changed their vehicles. Yeah. That have to go, that have to drive into work. And most so, cars are being manufactured out of that space. And what you Yes, because I think work? it's from, I want to say 2016, but I might be wrong. But I can't remember what year it is. But there is, a like you said, a cutoff point. But it's just like, yeah. where's that money going? But it's a bit like back in the day when people used to use coins more so than, you know, like when you pay at a parking meter. And yes. you have to find the coins. This is before you could call up or do it on yeah. an app. I would always be like, so for an hour, so for 15 minutes, it's £1.50. But I've yeah. only got a £2 coin. So I'm going to put a £2 coin in and it doesn't give change. What yeah. happens to all that extra money? Because it's unregistered. What happens to their money? Not, right, because it's not like when you've got your ticket, it says paid £2. Mm. It doesn't say that. It just says the time that you've paid for. So yeah. where's, where's all that extra money? That's probably why they're screwing and they're doing all these other things because they're realising now that these apps are making them lose their Christmas bonus. I think it, it's all a farce. Just to go back on the point of the driverless trains, like the Docklands Light Railway, that is driverless. I, I used that a lot one time. I was working in um, West Ferry around there, so I used to use that a lot. Didn't really think anything of it when I was jumping on it. Never had any problems. And there hasn't been any problems on it since um, they, they went on commission from 1987. There That's hasn't actually been any accidents with it. So mm. we'll get used. You know, driverless cars are yeah. coming. Yeah. Yeah. They changed the highway code. Like they've added in driverless yeah, yeah. vehicles yeah. into the highway code. So there, it's it's coming. I suppose it depends on the route of things as well, because Docklands like ra railway is a specific like location, isn't it? I don't know how I would feel about cross-country trains being driverless. I don't know. Not that I don't oh, really like you mean like proper like, like, overground, like railroad, yeah. railroad London, to, London to Manchester type thing. Yeah, oh, I don't know how I feel about that shit. Boy. I don't Look, know. It's a snowpiercer or some bullshit. <laughs> right. Why have you got to go there? Who, listen, we, we need to be hopeful that we even get to the future at this point in time. Who knows what's going to be I happening? I mean, um, just to, for some light relief, 
Someone on Twitter said, I missed out on office pancake day and a very important meeting. Someone said, mm, this chief strike on pancake day is not sitting well with me. And <laughs> the thought of pancakes for dinner is the only thing getting me through this hell of a journey home from work. See, I'm working from home today. I don't have to, I'm, I've got an event tomorrow evening, which I totally forgot about that. I forgot, no, no, tomorrow's not a strike, right? So tomorrow I should be fine, but Thursday I've got to go into town as well. And I've got to go to a theater as well. So Thursday's going to be a bit of a mare if they don't call it off. Um, but that's just an inconvenience to me, but for the greater good, go and get your money or do whatever. But the thing for me is that though they strike, do, do, how often do, are they successful? I know on TF, London Transport are quite, prolific in their striking and making demands and possibly getting their demands met. But it's the stuff around it, as we've all said, where does the extra money go and what happens and all that type of stuff? Are they going to be successful this time around? I had a family member who works at TFL, um, they're recently employed and they're very brainwashed. I said, so what's going on? He goes, oh, aren't, we're striking tomorrow. And I'm and I'm like, why are you guys striking? And then he said, for the greater good. I was like, yeah. you're brainwashed. I was like, okay, cool, no problem. But um, I love it. do what you need to do. But yes. yeah, I just want to know how successful they'll be and what that means. For I, I, I think I remember past ones, it's generally they do meet some of the demands. There's always a compromise. But the thing with the RMT is they go to strike because that seems to be literally the only way to get their demands met. So when they're negotiating, it doesn't seem to do anything because people who work don't see the value in unions. And so yeah. then they have to go to extremes because they don't have the numbers. Everybody in some type of capacity should be, I think, should be in a union. I still, I've been self-employed for like over 15 years. I still pay a union fee to support unions. And it's just like, because oh. they're, they're really valuable, actually. Any type of worker, I think you should be thinking if there's a union around, go to them especially as a black person because there's racism and and when something's going on in your job sometimes your union rep is going to be a great person to speak to yeah i can definitely say that i've benefited from whilst i'm not in the union i've benefited as you know as the from people from the union existing yeah because it's meant that we've kind of like even if you're not signed up for it you kind of benefit from the things and the work that they do because yeah. it says, you know, the union have met with an agreement with the management and this is happening for everybody now. So, um, yeah, yeah. I've got a mem I've got someone to welcome to the family, by the way. I remember who it is now. OK, go ahead. So I would like to welcome Tiffany Hassan, I think is how you say her name. And she is uh, the mother of Roman. And uh, that is, what's his name? The comedian. Oh, Kojo. Kojo, I'd like um, to welcome her because okay. she is doing some amazing things. She wrote a book last year and it's come out. She's, um, you know, she promotes uh, the causes, of the, uh, the things, she the highlights what her son, the things that her son su suffers from. She, you know, she in involved in a lot of speaking about all of that. Um, she was appointed of diversity, equality and inclusion ambassador for muscular dystropathy last year. And I just think that she's brilliant. I follow her and I think she does some great things and I'd like to highlight her. So there you go. Her name again for everybody? Tiffany Hassan. Thank you. And on Tiffany the internet, Hassan. it's Tiffany Jade. Um, oh, okay. Could be a niece or a cousin. She's Welcome. I don't know because she's not that old, but she's not that young. Like she's in her thirties, so it depends. I've got nieces that are in their thirties, but I've got that's cousins. what I'm saying. A niece or a cousin? A cousin. I've, I've, I think cousin. And a cousin. Okay. So Thank on you. so on Instagram because I'm going to follow her right on now. Instagram on Instagram is Tiffany Jade dot X. 
and she is good. really really brilliant like you know she's she's I just admire her. As I said, I follow her. She puts a lot of good stuff on there. She's, she's, I think she's a fantastic mother. And yeah, I just like to highlight her. Okay. I like that. I like that. Kidoki, okay, okay. Auntie Nana, what have you heard? Okay. Auntie Farah, what have you heard? But okay, I'll go to Auntie Nana, then come back to Auntie Farah. Okay, so um, right, we're just going to dive straight in. We've all been following what's happening in Ukraine and what they're calling the Russian invasion. So uh, I wanted to get from you guys. I'll start with the first question and then I'll insert the other ones as we're going along to make it a little bit easier. Just to start off with, the Africans and Caribbeans in, New York, in Ukraine, has the racism changed your view on the invasion? Like how they've been treated? Has that actually changed how you were thinking about the invasion in the last week? Auntie Far, you can go because I really like. Um. Okay. Oh my God, it's so loaded. How I feel is so loaded because when things like this happen, I always am sympathetic for the people on the ground who are being killed and being persecuted. Right. Firstly, let's just say that. Unfortunately, what has happened if you are from a in inverted commas minority? you are realising the differences when Europeans are persecuted to when people from ethnic minorities are persecuted. Just the responses. I found that quite interesting. Um, I, 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 you know, I saw images of African and Caribbeans not being let on trains, not being let on buses. There were some Jamaicans who actually had to walk to Poland. And wow. some people got sick along the way. Like if you follow like some of the Caribbean, um, you know, like newspapers and things like that and social ca accounts they, and, and just the news, they've been talking about um, just what's going on with these people and how bad it's been for them. And it's just, I find that quite hard to deal with because everyone's being persecuted, persecuted. And it's, you know, just the fact of, if you've looked at the news, the reports about it, it's like, you know, these these people are civilised, aren't they? Yeah. They're saying that, that, you know, the difference, you don't expect it because they're civilised. And it's like, well, what, you know, they're not like the normal refugees. That's the kind of chat that I've heard. And this is on proper news platforms. That's yeah. what they're saying. Let's help these people because they're not the normal refugees that we're used to. They're civilised. What the hell do you mean by that? What do, what do you mean by that? They're civilised. So it's just the, again... Blatant, but not blatant racism uh, for me. And it hasn't made me feel any differently about the atrocities that are happening, not at all. And it hasn't made me, sorry, my battery's dying. It hasn't made me any less worried about the stuff that's happening. But it just, unfortunately, has highlighted once again just how we're treated and how we're looked at. And, you know, Auntie Nan says it a lot, and I heard it somewhere else the other day. It's about, um, you know, the... Was it the oppression Olympics? It just yeah. unfortunately you your head can't help but go there when you see and you compare to your own suffering or your people's suffering. Your head can't help but go there and wonder if it was you, would the response be the same? You know, they're putting people that have been in this country all of their lives on planes, shipping them back. But yeah. yet for all because it's in Europe that this is happening, it's different. These are the same people that have gone to... What did we say last week? We were talking about the colonisers, isn't it? Yeah. These are the same people that have gone around colonising and doing some real fuckeries. But because of it, they're, they're civilised. These aren't like normal refugees. They're civilised. 
I, I found that quite hard. But again, my heart goes out to the people who don't have anything to do with this and they're just wanting to live their lives and this is the shit that's happening to them. They're having to leave their homes, families, you know. It's heartbreaking. Um, I feel like we don't need to not get dissuaded or taken off track of what, however you feel. I think every individual, however you want to react to this war is however you want to react. The racism aside, doesn't change racism that's been around since time immemorial. We've been, we, we know and we all know that in the deepest, darkest depths of Europe, there's a lot of racism. We're not liked pretty much around the world. Definitely not in places where there's majority, even more majority white folks, and they have some a very warped, skewed perspective of what black means or what black is and what black people are. So I'm not surprised. It doesn't change the fact that what people getting bombed for um, rich white men dick swinging and power grab and landmass and money um, greediness. It doesn't change that what's happening is disgusting, but what it, we shouldn't do is get distracted because I found an article where it said something about, you know, remember Cambridge Analytica was used by Russia and to infiltrate the social medias to, and, and Trump and um, other governments, West um, UK governments to sway the political narrative in their favor by using these analytical tools that put out, purposely fed out, um, uh, what's it, propaganda, propaganda type material so that everyone gets all enraged by stuff that's just been pumped and playing on our insecurities. So if there's a black Facebook group, they'll have lots of stuff about racism pumped through. If there's a white um, Facebook group, they'll have lots of stuff about immigrants coming through. They're just playing us by our sensitivities. They start, that's why all our data is so mined. Everywhere you go, the cookies that follow you, the governments that be and places like Cambridge Analytica take all that data and start programming and shaping what we see and stoking our emotions so that when they need us, we're puppeted easily into doing what they want. So this is what they're doing, apparently. So I know what Scott said, they're also feeding in this racism feed to Africans and to Caribbeans and to the black community, because they know we one thing we're good at is cussing and getting wild, loud and wild about that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with it, because all noise helps, but then sometimes the noise is so loud, we miss the point. And like I said in my um, earlier with the whole Roe v. Wade abortion bill being passed and those type of things, um, this is when the governments get to do things behind our back because we're so loud looking over there and they're literally doing a whole bunch of shit to us behind our backs because we're distracted by things that are not that it's very and i i don't think that it's wrong that people are speaking out about it because we need to get our family home our people home from mm. out of those spaces they need to get home we can't just have them stranded and say okay let's not say anything because it's all manipulation however we should be mindful of that spilling out into us now saying, or, or our leaders saying, okay, fuck Ukraine, because we don't know what, I don't know the politics. I don't know whose side to be on, because I see what Putin's saying about the power, but also see like the West, you don't want people to be bombed innocently, no matter where they're from. And it's just, these lines aren't straight. Every line to this this, this mess is crooked. So um, does it change my mind? No, I don't, I don't even know, because I don't, I don't know what's going on. I literally don't know why we're at war, apart from what I, the only thing I guarantee I know is that it's rich white men swinging their dicks. That's all I know for a fact. Okay. Um, so for me, I think I started off thinking that um, this was a clear attempt of like Vladimir Putin showing his might and literally being like, enough is enough. And these guys can't join NATO 
and I'm going to stop it. That's partially factual. But then when you look into it further and you see on top of that, there was a lot of persecution to Russian speaking Ukrainians being persecuted by a neo-Nazi enforced kind of power that was put in by American and UK forces, then it's like, oh, we're back here again. And so having that realisation and then seeing all the images coming from the African and Caribbean people not being able to get on a train to just get to safety, reinforced a bit of what was out there from the Russian side that the political power that is in the Ukraine at this moment are very racist. And it's like, we kind of know that about the Eastern Bloc, but seeing it, it kind of, it, it swung me in a different way. Like, actually, everybody's at fault in this place. And when we're talking about security, it seems okay when it's the UK or America being like, our security is being threatened. We have to bomb this place for our security. And everybody seems to get behind that. I don't understand why Russia can't do exactly the same thing, because this is the way of the world that they run it. I feel for the innocent people that are caught up in this because the majority of the world is innocent and we're all just trying to pay bills and it's like these big powerful people who we give power to are psychopaths and this is the it reinforced my thoughts of why do people comply that we need a government they're mad they're all mad this is madness like you're bombing other human beings and you're doing it for the threat that another nation may be able to have power bases so they bomb you, but it's nothing has happened. It's yeah. all retaliations of nothing that's taken place. It's like, how does that even make sense? But I was still like, yeah, I, I, I felt more like I have, no, I have no skin in this game. Like, None. this is how it is, isn't it? People are going to die and they kill folks in Africa all the time and nobody even talks about it. So the outpouring of grief has just pissed me off because it's like, you know that every day people have been dying around the world and nobody has cared. Now you're being like, I'm so sick and, and worried. Folks have been dying and being bombed on every single day and you didn't care. You were caring about getting jabbed and coronavirus just last week. That was that was all everybody was caring about. Now it's turned into, we have to have all the Ukrainians. What about the people in Syria? They still can't get over here. Thank like, you. open borders. Oh, there's no... Everybody's got space, yeah, and housing and resources to feed yeah. these four million that may come over around Europe. It's like, it's okay. But with Syrians, it was like, we don't have any resources. No, borders closed. No, go elsewhere. It's and literally based, based on blonde hair and blue eyes, that aesthetic, literally based on that. And as you said, Auntie Farah, all the, and it's not one, it's not one outlet, even Al Jazeera, had a um had a presenter saying, "Oh, the, Should I uh, play the clip? Yeah. Because I see European people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed, children being killed every day with Putin's missiles and okay. his helicopters and his rockets. And so, of course, I I understand and respect the emotion. What you were outlining there is this tension between longer-term efforts to apply pressure to Vladimir Putin, such as financial sec." Yeah, I was going to say that that was a BBC clip. But yeah, even Al Jazeera, who you think is a bit more understanding because this, you know, perspective is more from, a, you know, not the West. Even they had a presenter saying shit like that. Like, you know, it's not them. It's not the, you know, the immigrants, the Africans and the Syrians and the uncivilized. Yeah. 
It's I mean, have you noticed that the, you have you looked have you noticed everywhere that's got the Ukraine crisis appeal? Yeah, everywhere. yeah. I'm, I'm not paying attention. Like even down to I just got an email as we've been talking about this from Kurt Geiger. Yeah. No, everybody. Like literally, I've got an email from Kurt Geiger. And it says <laughs> support for the Ukraine crisis appeal, and it says be kind, and it's just like like Auntie Nana so rightly said, and like you said, Auntie AK, and me before you. I'm not saying that it's not an atrocity. Of course it is. Human yeah. beings are being killed because someone above them is swinging, it, swinging their dick. However, where was this support when Haiti had fucking all the, the you know, the earthquakes? Yeah. Where was the support? Oh no, what you were doing, you're saying it's the result of voodoo. That's what you were saying. And they deserve it. Where's the yeah. support? It's, it's, just, it's things like this that make me, unfortunately, and that's what I said earlier, it, like, it's just sad. It's oppression Olympics at its best. I, I, it's also, maybe this is what they're trying to show us too. What I like, what what is good is for the people that are in the sunken place to be reminded, to be reminded that you you lot you it's, don't forget. I think sometimes comfortable black folk forget, and it's not yes. that you walk around being like, okay, fuck all white people, everyone hates me. It's not that, but really be consciously aware of your position on this earth. Yeah. Do not jump in with your feet first. I'm in solidarity. Just shut the fuck up, to be honest. Shut up. (laughs) And as you've said that, it goes on to our other point we were talking about in the group about these people that are putting themselves forward to go and fight in the war. They're (laughs) walking up to the Ukrainian embassy and they're saying, hi, I'm here to join whatever it is, what you call it, the Ukrainian war. I want to put myself forward. Like, you don't even know what is involved. You want to put yourself forward. Have you got any experience? None. I want them to go. I actually everyone, want them to go. Everyone wants to go. go. Have you gone and supported the number, the wars that have happened in black countries? Have you put your hand up to go and support the atrocities over there? Have Leon, you? Leon, have you done that? <laughs> Leon ain't done that. That's what I'm saying. An old man, <laughs> sixty-year-old. The old man, sixty-year-old ain't done that. You haven't done that. There's people dying every day. In fact, in fact, go like, do you support the black boys that are being murked in the streets? Do you go and deal with that? There's war. There's a war at home, like Tupac said as well. You know, there's shit going on your doorstep. You want to go some deal with someone else's crap? Let me get some of the comments. Um, Ray Obi says this war is not our business, and simply goes to show the lack of humanity for black and brown bodies across the globe. I also wonder why only wars in Europe count as world wars. The anti-blackness is overly obvious. I'll take my compliment for Vanessa Best. Well said, Akua, Akua, Akua. <laughs> do you not know how to say your own name? You know what it is because it's, do you know when I, you, I was thrown out, thrown out of sync because there's so many people that know me from different walks of a life, and there's people that know me as a queer, a queer, a queer, and I just literally, if it's messy, I, I think it is. I can't what, what is your name? What is your name? Queer, queer, queer. queer. But do you know what that made me do? I actually came out of full screen to look at the comments to see if he wrote a queer, a queer, a queer. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wanted to see no, no, if that's how it was written. Because I, no, like, hey, I, I literally got confused. Like, okay, which which person am I was talking to? Anyway, Shelley Osborne says, I'm glad that our Caribbean and African people's plight is now on mainstream news. Even if they don't care, they have to see it. They might prick their conscience. Glad to see Ghana finally finally went to get their students. Mm-hmm. Um, Candy says, I've seen a lot more solidarity between marginalized groups and those affected by colonization. They're sharing helpful contacts and crisis info. Those from colonizer nations, however, like England, are sharing memes 
or it's tumbleweed from them. Oh, sorry, they're doing their part by changing their profile pictures. And Vanessa, <laughs> aha, too. But yeah, man, it's it, that's one thing that's been great. We literally have galvanized ourselves and be like, yo, get our people back. Even as far as, you know, Viola Davis is of the world showing like, okay, African students, Caribbean students, this is how you can get back. This is who you need to contact. So yeah. we are rallying together, which I think has definitely been a big effect from being locked down and that kind of community spirit that we're like, no, if they don't give a damn, we'll come together. Yeah. I just want it to extend to all our black country leaders. Please don't put your foot in this war unless you've really got, I understand if you've got a gun to your head, I understand. I'm not saying it's easy, but please don't just step into this war anyhow, anyhow. That, that was actually like my final question. Like where should African and Caribbean leaders align themselves with this war? Because obviously <laughs> everybody else is especially in the West is now stepping up and the East. I'm I'm not doing sanctions against Russia. I am doing sanctions against Russia. It, but we're not again. We're not even hearing what the Africans are up to, where they are. But what do you think they should be? Which side should they go on? Because it is a at this moment it is a tale with two sides. The black side. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. What did um Issa Issa Rae say? Say she said. I'm um, I'm rooting for everybody black. Right. And that's what all the presidents and prime ministers of our home countries need to say. I am rooting for everybody black. I want I'm everyone, everybody black. Everybody black and brown that doesn't have a, like, just mind your business. I'm not saying you don't just protect your borders, protect yourselves, make sure all those deals are shored up so your people don't, because, you know, like we've talked about before, there are lots of military bases from the West that are in our countries all of our countries across the islands and across and the continent. Make sure your shit is sewn up and just root for everybody black because they're showing you, they're actually showing you that your people who are immigrants, who are studying to become doctors and stuff, not even, not even to say there's any worthiness or hierarchy in wealth and in health and wealth and who deserves to get free, but that if you're going to be like, they're not just any old immigrant, they're studying yeah. for the greater good paid. of society. No scholarships, paid to be paid there. To be yeah. there. And you're telling them, I can't get on a train. Fuck everybody, man. Everybody black. Come out of this conversation. The one time I don't want you lot to be at the UN discussion, the NATO discussion, you, I don't need you to be in the picture. Mind your <laughs> business. Ghana, we have roads problems. We have irrigation problems. We've got poverty problems. Let's sort that out. Focus on that. See, I, I think they should join Russia's side, personally. Oh, my days. <laughs> I think take a, take a punt that way. Because, like, Russia has actually been trying to get involved. Like, if you're going to take a punt on anybody at this moment in time, I'd go eastwards than west. I think the west is on the decline. If I was a leader, that's what I would be spouting. If we can't unilaterally get together ourselves, because I don't, I still don't know why there isn't a united Africa, but you may be able to get a united Africa a little bit more if you joined with the east. But why can't you be United Africarib? Do that. Why not be that? And also, and then also play, because even Swiss, is it Switzerland even said they're going to remove themselves from neutral stock and take the side of the West? Imagine, they're coming out of their neutrality. Let African Caribbean get their Wakanda shield, cover themselves, unite themselves like that. And then you like, okay, you want to, because we've got all the resources as well. That would be all best case scenario. Yeah. But they haven't been allowed to have any nuclear weapons. So Imagine. you kind of don't have a. I bet they make them for like I bet I bet you know what I'm saying. No, we, we totally I would say the materials probably no, are. That, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. 
That's yeah. what I, I don't mean like we actually. Oh, oh yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rules are like and actually the logic and the whole you know the, behind it. I bet yeah. that didn't come from from them. You know, you know what would happen. You know what would happen the minute. You know how you want to stop this war. Let Africa say, you know what, we're closing borders. You cannot come and mine. We're kicking everybody out. Everyone would go, huh? No, they would just nuke it. And just it's nuke it. It's like talking about, um, were they? Oh, I've got no brain today. <laughs> what was it again? I don't know. I don't What's Russia? What do they call them again? Dictators and shit like that. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what is it when they say, oh, are you a... What do they, my brain is fried. Come on. Another word for a dictator. <sighs> or countries like dictator countries. What are they called again? Oh, a communist country. Thank you. I'm, Jesus I, I, Christ. I, I, thought, I thought I didn't know it was communist. I was sitting there saying communist. My okay. brain like, totally froze. <laughs> like, yeah. They'll come for us. They'll come for the minute. Yeah, they would. Do you know what, do you know what everybody oh, yeah. should do? Do you know what yeah. I've got in my head? You know yeah. The Simpsons when Fraser, Fraser, see, my brain's gone again. The Simpsons when the dad. Homer Simpson goes into the bushes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what they need to do. That's what I they mean, should do. They should just fade out. Everybody fade, fade out. into the bushes. Get your Wakanda shield. Like I, Stay I, I quiet can... and Lord. safe. <laughs> and if, no, and listen. Maybe listen. this is why they keep on like involving us. Because okay, no, there's something to this. All right, so there's a war breaks out, yeah, and really it doesn't really have anything to do with black folk, like. But why have they inserted this black narrative of racism at the border? Like they, like they always That's seem to have I'm saying they're trying to They're trying to one use our energy. To the because basically it's like if we think that Ukraine's race, that's why I said it's a Russia, a Cambridge, analytica type thing, analytica type thing. Allegedly, I'm not saying it is. I have no fact. I just yeah, we don't know. This is all speculation. Allegedly, on a rabbit hole, we are talking hypothetically, hypomorphetically, and just trying to explore the facts. Or the, out there that's and the stories allegedly, right? Allegedly. allegedly, from what it seems based on the article that I read, this is why I'm saying that they're stoking the fires of um, um, racist insecurity because then it will make the Africans be like, oh, so fuck Russia or fuck Ukraine, let's go on Russia's side because they know that, that the power would lies with in Raf there's power in Africa and the Caribbean in it, so let's steer them towards Russia so they take their side. So then instead of them going to Ukraine's side, that's all. That's what it is. So then we were like, oh my God, there's where racist us in Ukraine. Fuck them. We're going to join the Russians when they call us. That's what's happening. So that's why we shouldn't get distracted. Get your people home, but don't just make your own decision. Just, 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 I can't. Just don't get like, involved. We need, we need to fade and hide. Yeah. Like if there was some, we do. some way, like we I actually just say, when, you look at the, when you look at so. disaster films and all the shit that happens, yeah, it happens everywhere else, you know, <laughs> like America's done. Europe's done. The only safe place is where they're you know, not. Do you know what I was thinking? That in, do you know one thing, again, we must move on, but what one thing I was thinking about is, you know the story, because even with pandemic, when you see all the zombie films, you always see the sh when the apocalypse, apocalyptic shit happens and then the survival, and that's it. You don't see the bits in between where we had to lock down, where we had to try and manage work and the, the, the mundane day-to-day -day shit during when the world's going to pop. So I was thinking, I, this is very off, not even to do with this. It's just okay. about like, who's going to make us pay our rent? What happened to our rent? <laughs> no, you don't pay it. I'm always, this is right up my street. So when shit goes a bit peak tong, my first thought is if the government collapses, woohoo, 
exactly. I'm not paying my rent. Don't have to pay anything. Really, is what happens. Is that apocalyptic? Like, I say, I don't want to go into survival, but when there's that mayhem part, that chaos, I actually quite like that part in a movie because I am like, yeah, I'm not paying no rent, not paying nothing, jump on a, get a car, da, 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 all of that's kind of fun. Yeah. After that, I'm not really interested in. But for a government to break down, like, you know, like power cuts. We used to have them a little bit more when we were younger. Yeah, I, I used to love that when there was a power cut and you had to get the candles out and stuff because it just felt a bit more, oh, we're not being controlled. I, I, I liked that feeling. I don't want to be in a war, but I don't want to be governed. I really don't like big state governments. I actually think it's there's something archaic about it. It's a, It's repressive. I think it goes against human nature to be governed by a state. Like maybe we should be governed by an area locally, small yeah. teams of people together. But it doesn't make sense to me to have a prime minister. It's like it's so alien. I'm like, this is stupid. And it doesn't work. Yeah. I they think don't care about us the people. I was just gonna say that they're so far removed from a lot of the people that they're supposed to be looking after mm. that the the vast majority of these countries end up not looked after. You yeah. know, like when they sit down and work out what they think a um a person on benefits should live on. And when you look at social housing, because they are they don't understand what social housing is. They don't get what being on benefit they don't they're so far removed from it. They just think, oh well, that's nothing, isn't it? You can who cares about you? Yeah, right. over your head, haven't you? Be be grateful. It's that fucking scenario. Exactly that. Be grateful because they all think we're stupid. Mm-hmm. But then there are a lot of humans that are absolutely foolhardy dumb. And I've seen a lot of comments from people. And I am like, you're so stupid. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the BBC and thinking it's gospel. Everything they're telling you, like, are men really signing up? And if they are, I think they should go to Ukraine by fast train. But are they really? They're probably being paid. To talk about this like really realistically i want to speak to leon can we get leon on i, I hate that his name is leon let me get this last comment and we must move on oh. to the next topic okay red border says nelson mandela once said one of the mistakes which one which some political analysts make is to think their enemies should be our enemies our attitude towards any country is determined by the attitude of that country to our struggle yasser arafat colonel gaddafi and fidel castro support our struggle to the hilt to the hilt there is no reason whatsoever why we should have any hesitation about hailing their commitment to human rights as they're being demanded in south africa they do not support the anti-apartheid struggle only in rhetoric they are placing resources at our disposal for us to win the struggle that is the position basically black people need to get behind our people get them out and drink water and mind our own business righty ho auntie farah what have you heard Okie dokie. So my story, let me just bring it up. My story is about the government's plans to um, ban pupils who fail in maths and English GCSEs from going on to get student loans. What are your thoughts? So they're having discussions. I think it's this Thursday. It might have been last. Yeah, this Thursday they're going to discuss the possibilities because the it's it's a couple of things really it is um they want to look at the the sort of degrees that are out there because they feel like there's too many fluffy degrees that don't do anything let me use that i'm going to find the actual article so i can tell you the words that they're using because it's quite disgusting where are we uh, so they pr- proposals to introduce a lifelong loan in time 
entitlement worth the equivalent of four years to post 18 education support students to train and study throughout their lives through flexible courses okay so that's one thing that they're trying to do in this new reform um they are also trying to limit and block candidates who fail gcse maths and english uh and this is an effort to get them to do go into more trades and it is because they're saying that uh if you don't have maths and english you then go on to do these kind of fluffy um degrees <laughs> basically media yes <laughs> <laughs> okay um you know what <laughs> i agree with them honestly. Oh, nana. i do i do um i wouldn't call them fluffy fluffy they're sat around that word I, i'll think of a, a better one but i fluffy think... my word their word is a bit worse i'll find it and go oh, back really? to okay yeah no i i agree i don't think everybody should be spending three years and having a degree and I do think, I guess if you're setting the parameter for academic success, being that you passed English and maths, um, I think it's fair to say if you haven't done that, then maybe some type of vocational training is probably better for you. I don't think that's actually wrong. I, I think more, more people should be thinking about what they're actually skilled at than following a path. There's not a one rule fits for everybody and it's a it's a waste of money in a lot of circumstances to go to university yeah. and so if they put in places for people to not think this is my only route to success I kind of agree with that actually I think yeah it's not your only route to success and you don't have to be in these institutions propping them up and then being in debt and you don't even use your degree for anything and then you've just come out like flipping thousands of pounds in debt for no reason when you could have trained being skilled, use your mind in another way that your mind wants to work in and, and get ahead. Not every, I don't even remember what I learned in English and maths, but, you know, life has taught me better things. And I definitely wasted a lot of money on a degree that I haven't used in any way, shape or form. The only benefit was I got a husband and another friendship circle out of it. But that's, that's it. <laughs> so what met them raving? I said fluffy. What they actually said was poor quality, low cost courses. Yeah. Low cost, I mean, but you pay a lot. I think it's fair. Yeah. I, as you were re as I was reading, running through it, I was like, there's something in it that makes sense. But it's the way it's been worded. And, and I guess it's the media hyperbole. So we get, we fall for the fast headline and it just sounds a lot worse. And not to say I'm siding with any type of stupid government that we are governed by. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's something in not, people feeling like oh if I don't go to university I'm nobody um or I can't make it there's definitely a need to sift through what courses make sense and what courses people are doing I think there not needs to be a lot more high school support for that transition into um the next stage of your life where it's not just you've got to go to uni or there's no help or support I remember I didn't get any support into what I wanted to do next or any kind of support as to what I would be good at or what um mm. career path I should pursue so when I left I was walking around aimlessly I knew I was good at English, but I was never re it was never reinforced into how I could turn that into a career. The only thing I had was English teacher. And I remember being told quite young, like, you know, English, you know, teachers, you know, there aren't many black teachers and it's quite a racist place to work and all that type of stuff. So I was deterred off that. So I never, ever pursued anything until I kind of found myself in, on my own way at a later stage. So I think I agree that if it's a case where 
you're saving students from being in unnecessary debt because of the stigma that's put on you if you don't go to uni that you're not you're not going to make it i don't know what this thing is about if you fail maths and english because if you're dyslexic or dyspraxic um and you have learning difficulties and especially if your school's not equipped to support you through that which a lot of schools aren't mm. then you're failing because the school's not got the equipped to help you where you could have been supported and you could have passed if you were at a different school so that's mm. that kind of metric don't make sense to me so that doesn't work for me it can't be that you failed an exam but obviously, if you've got, as you said, Auntie Nana, if you've got learning difficulties or a way, a perspective, understanding academics that doesn't work for an institution like a university and maybe vocational practices and internships and things is a better way for, to go, that's different. And I do definitely think that, because there's a bit of a catch them all now, like just get everybody getting, because then you get the student loan and then people, they, the government, there's another way of the government getting money out of us. Yeah. I think there's something in that. There's something in... The gov and also it could be also they're trying to be like and on the flip side is the government trying it by saying look we're not getting our money back anytime soon so mm -hmm. we're just going to cut the wheat from the shaft the shit from the shaft whatever the saying is kind <laughs> of cut from the chaff. I think yeah. both of you have valid points because I have always said that university is something that don't go unless you really want to go for yourself don't do it for other people because mm. you it's not like when you're in school, you don't have the same support from your teachers. You are pretty much out there on your own. However, I think you're both missing something very, very key in this, all of this. Okay. Who is it that needs to take student loans? Because it doesn't say if you fail maths and English, you don't go to university. It says if you fail maths and English, you won't be able to take out a student loan, mm -hmm. which is how a lot of people pay a lot of less... Um, you know, people in low-income families, that's how they pay for their university fees. Yeah. Through student yeah. loans, right? Yeah. Okay. So you should still have the upper echelons of the world failing maths and English and being being those people who you've just talked about that, you know, maybe university isn't for you and all of this stuff, but they're able to go because they don't need a student loan. So what yeah. does that create? That then creates, again, this economic of, you know, rich versus poor, because poor people do not have the opportunity to go to university to find a course that suits them. Courses don't have to be academic in that way. Yeah. You know, you can put you can progress in life and university if you want to go like I said can open many doors for you. Can teach you many things yeah. about yourself. So it shouldn't be down to the government to say you have not got GCSE, maths and English, blood you can't take out a loan, therefore you can't go to university. It's hard enough as a low income family if you're in that environment. It's hard enough. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I didn't see it like that. What they're trying to do is they're trying to open up the trade. They say um, to generate social mobility and to meet skills needed, then a blanket minimum entry requirements. That's what they want to do. Yeah. And they want to keep the worker bees working. They don't yeah. want the worker bees to become queen. That's not the plan. Yeah. You stumbled on one there. That literally is the industrial complex that turned into the university cycle hasn't been profitable. They sucked it out of what it could get. And now it's on the decline. It's literally like, actually, we need you. Because it was. It was the working class that uprised it. And then you had all of the polytechnics turning into universities. And so there wasn't that place where working class people were going. That industry is dying. So now you're going to be like, actually, we need you to go back into the trades because we've lost that. Yeah, yes, exactly. it's all. Oh, it's very what they're doing. 
So let, don't let them I still don't think it's a bad thing, but it's it's brilliant what you stumbled on, though. I, uh, because that's what I see about that. Yeah, and that's yeah. why it's wrong. But the thing is, I think what it is, is also you, they, you government, again, dickheads running the government, you removed the the what the country's known for the trade that it trades the the the, the natural stuff that we all I, I don't know what britain was i have no interest in british history which is really stupid of me but what were they prolific for uh, manufacturing but it's like things People. like a, yeah oh yeah the slave <laughs> yeah there's that there's that there's that but um so like places like, like places like america that you know the states like D detroit that were known for manufacturing cars and they've lost that we had that too yeah, so so yeah. It, it, it literally like was. It was manufacturing. It was like it was manufacturing yeah. stuff, and it was it was skilled kind of manufacturing that could get you traveling around the world because right. it's like you knew yeah. about manufacturing, and they removed all of that. That's why right. all of my machinists now were from um, Eastern Europe because they exactly. kept that going. Exactly. So yeah, there's a whole generation of us that went to uni. And did anything in there. But that's my point. So that's where the language, I think it's a language around this is ridiculous. But it's so not just language. language. It's yeah, the... I'm, I'm saying that. Instead it is, of, though, Yeah. It, it, instead of just, and, and again, making it, it is elite, it's definitely elitism. But what you want to say is that not everybody's for uni. And that's facts. Not everyone's for uni. But it shouldn't be if you're working class, you're not for uni. And if you're upper class, you are. That's not it. What it should be is that create an environment or a country where if you're in, if, if you're more suited to manual labor, it's not looked at that you're and you're just your worthless piece of shit, basically. And if you're um somebody's in my train of thought, but basically, and also not removing the industries that your country's known for and making it a desert a wasteland so people can't get jobs full stop. All the industrial towns in Manchester, the, the north, the regions are struggling. Everything's focused on we're from London, we're blessed to live in London. All the regions that don't have anything that used to be big manufacturers and have great factory towns that you were thriving, and now they're all wastelands. That's the problem. I and agree with that, but, yeah. I, but I also think it's very dangerous for the government to remove the ability for people to act, have access absolutely, absolutely. to funds that they're going to pay off for a long fucking time anyway. Because, you know, like yeah. I agree with what you said. Sometimes going to university, people do it because they don't know what to do next. So they yeah. go to university. Yeah. I'm all for courses being looked at you know i'm all for that and there being more established courses that can then help people get into the the real working world i'm all yeah. for that but yeah. what i'm not for is the government deciding that if you fail at maths and english gcse you do not deserve the right to even be able to better yourselves because yeah. you might not want to go and study maths and english you might want yeah. to do Something else. No, that, that's that's it's a poignant piece because actually thinking about it, depending on the uni that you could go to, so without having maths and English, let's just say that there was some other course that you could get onto mm. in a good uni, and it's not doesn't even have to be a good uni. It's who you're mixing with that actually moves your social that's mobility. So if you remove that from working class people just to be able to be in higher education to some degree actually really does cement a class divide because you can go to uni on a, a media course and so, you just are moving with people who are lawyers. Quite a few of my friends, and I did a media course at uni, they were on the law course. 
or they were in software yeah. engineering. You right. actually mix with a whole different set of people, and and they're lawyers. It <laughs> but, changes the people yeah, you have true. access to. It changes mm. the path that you can then follow because, as you said, Auntie Nana, the people that you're meeting, it changes so many things for you. I'm going to read something my because it was my niece that actually highlighted this article to me. Shout out to Amira. It was her, and she said, she said, this is beyond fucked up. So many people go through school with undiagnosed dyslexia, ADHD, autism, etc., and find the traditional way of testing difficult to comprehend. I will never understand why learning is uh, is only in one form. If this happened to me whilst I was in school, I would never have made it to university. My niece has just got a job as an editor for a music magazine. Yeah, let's just say that shit. And this is because she's gone to university and she's meeting with the right people and it's opening her eyes up to different things and she looks at things differently. Yeah. This is what I'm trying to say. These things are important. But if she had failed maths and GCSE under this new regime, that would never have been open up to her. If not everyone's qualified or has the the, the the ability to do manual labor or skilled or a trade. Yeah. Not everyone, like, I couldn't be a plumber if you paid me. I would yeah. know what to do. I find also, it quite difficult. Yeah. And it is one of the what they're saying about which 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 courses are worthless or not, and what 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 they're valuing. Yes. Like, that's another thing I don't like is who, uh, even if it's a degree in worm training, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> it's all part of certain, isn't it? So it's like who's determining what is a worthless degree? I definitely think there needs to be some more support for students in the transition from school to the, the school to uni or higher education. Or that's very true. There needs to be because, but, but don't tell me that if I've got my heart set on a particular course, you're going to now tell me because of your elitism or whatever the fuck it is, that that's a worthless cause, a worthless course, then that, again, that puts me out of sorts. Imagine if you've had your heart set on whatever it is and then you cannot study it anyway because the, the people then say that that's not, that's a worthless course. What? It just it, should, it shouldn't be on the person though. Like yeah. I'm thinking about it, like actually as the student that I didn't pass English and maths, I shouldn't be the one penalised. I feel like the teachers, my teaching institute should be like, how do you have this class of people and not everybody is up to this standard so that they could pass the test? So in any way, how you have to teach them to get them there, because people retain information in lots of different ways. That's on the teaching staff, actually. It shouldn't be on the person. But that's what I'm saying. You know, different yeah. teachers can get a whole class to pass. Yeah. Different, so shouldn't they be teaching all the teachers so that they can do that for all the different students? Like, actually, that should be the thing. But that, that you know that they don't invest in those kind of teaching because there's a there are people like we know we know with our black some of, like there was the school that in if you go I think we'll discuss it later. Um, being black and British, the school that's doing well because they've t- torn the the standard curriculum up to be a more black progressive curriculum and the kids are doing better but you have schools that don't give a fuck about that and you have also have schools where teachers fudge the results to make sure that that elite school stays elite yeah when Tarquin and Tabitha just cannot get their way out of a a one sentence their ABCs but yet somehow they miraculously because their daddy will buy a wing or or a swimming pool for the school like let me get the comments and we must move on um, Candice says they don't take into account for young people who are failing exams because of circumstances, not lack of intelligence. Many children are carers dealing with abuse. This would be stripping them of opportunities to improve their lives. Marie Scott says, yes, Auntie Farah, this is it. University becomes elitist again. Mr. Tang says, I agree with Auntie Farah. It's giving elitism. 
Candice Osborne, agreed Auntie AK, I'm from a factory town that has been stripped of its industry. They push for vocational skills and apprenticeships in my area, but up the road in middle-class areas, they push university. Ronald yes. says there's also a push here to make it harder to get student loans and to get more people trained in manufacturing and construction. And this is the knee-jerk reaction of governments. You lot culled the industry, fucked yourselves, talked about university, opened doors, and now you're forcing everybody out. But you, yeah. now you, you, you've given us, like, you're giving me £100, and I say, no, you can't have that anymore. You've now got to go and work. For, I don't know. It's nonsense. It's, nonsense. It, it, it's because at that time, universities was making crazy money. Yeah. And labor was very cheap from China. Yeah. So, so that's you're it. thinking we have our we have our manufacturing sorted out all in China. They're really poor and they're happy to then when China turns into a superpower now and you don't have any of those that's skills, the then you're gonna be like, oh no, that was that's why they're dumb. And that's why it's like, how are we listening to these people? They're psychopaths. They're stupid. And that's exactly you mashed up your country for cheaper labor. And now you realize, oops, oops, when the borders close, which is what's happening, you're sanctioning Russia. However, <laughs> what the fuck? Do, if, when China and Russia come, I was looking today, my little, my pins that I used to lock my hair. It's like, a, it was like a sign on the, 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 the boxes on its back, made in China. <laughs> oh, if I want to lock my hair, my roots get heavy and distressed because of the fucking war, because I can't get my <laughs> shit made in China. Bro. You better open up a town in freaking. <laughs> turn, 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 turn Manchester back into a metal manufacturing. Steel manufacturing. Steel manufacturing. Mate, we're, 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 we're fucked. Like, it's, that's why I'm like, it, we can't hedge our bets on these people. No. How many options do they have? Iraq, oops. Afghanistan, oops. Vietnam, oops. Like, it's bare oopses. They're actually like, why are we listening to these people? They're, they're mad. We need, to, we need to bet on somebody that wins. And it ain't these guys at this moment. Ourselves, mate. Bet on ourselves. And the fact, and the fact, the fact that also, you're talking about wages and stuff. So if you do bring back the industry, you've got to make that thingy factory worker who's just stacking biscuits or stacking metal across the thing. Give them a more than longer than living, than living wage because you can't even pay a freaking nurse who does. They, you know what I'm saying? They won't because they'll say that you're not qualified. You have yeah. no qualifications. Yeah, and you're dumb. And that's what you. Yeah, and we should all become squatters. Squatters, right? <laughs> the labour <laughs> is making more than your freaking politicians who far 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 in freaking rah rah rah. And that's what your that's what your job is. You went to Eton to go far 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 in fucking Parliament. That's your job. Can I just add? That they are having a pay increase of two thousand odd pounds coming into play from April. A waffling and fucking up the country. Uh, yeah, overall they can't give the nurses and people who work for the NHS a pay increase. And the fire engines and the freaking tube drivers. Yeah. Like what's the actual fuck? And you've removed to do what? You've you've made industrial towns turn into desert wastelands. And then you want to turn on them and talk them saying they're draining the um what do you call it the resources the welfare resources yeah Get out of here man I don't want All to right. say bund the government but allegedly <laughs> face up like that. allegedly <laughs> All right time for I don't um, even know what it's time for <laughs> Auntie's no best. It's the what remix. What type of tune is this? Auntie's no best. It's the remix. Auntie's no best. Can you pick up the remix, please? Auntie's no best. Thank you. 
Why don't aunties know not to sing? Well, you know what, yeah? So if you come down to East London, Never. Mikey J has a studio space near me now in Hackney. We could like yeah. record our jingles with yeah. a professional award-winning MBE producer. Never. I'm alright. Amazing. I'll write the lyrics and I'll write. There are too many things involved in that. That is, is a no for me. <laughs> all right, Auntie Nana. Aunties know best. Wagwan. This is where we, the aunties, get into the meat and heart and soul of people's problems and solve them. Like every good auntie knows what to do. Auntie Nana, take it away. Okay. All right. So this is uh, an internet. Uh, question that I saw that I thought was very intriguing because we haven't actually like given advice to this dilemma before. All right, so it goes. I have a toddler who has not yet met the biological father's side of the family at all. I would like Riley, fake name, to have a relationship with the family, but most importantly, the grandmother. He, I guess that must be for the partner, promised Riley to meet the grandmother about a year ago, but never brought it back up. So once I noticed the month he promised had ended, I asked, why hasn't Riley met his mum as yet? And he said, it's not going to work out right now. And he wouldn't go into detail. I guess if I didn't ask for an update, he'd just act as if he never promised it and as if I had forgotten. I'm a family person and I want Riley to get to know them. My question is, should I introduce them? If so, how? And if not, why? Side note, I believe he gets along with his family, but is secretive about his life. And I have never met his mum. And we were in a relationship for about three years. Oh. Any advice? Auntie Farah? Why? They've been in a relationship for three years. You've never met his mum. You've got his you. You're the side chick. Oh. Facts on facts on facts on facts on facts on facts. The you ain't the side chick. The you hasn't met your, sorry, not you. The child has not met the family. You have not met the family. You're the side chick. You just don't know you're the side chick because he's the kind of fuckery man that's going to make out like it's you. Like it's all, you know, you're the one. Why in three years... You, you've had a baby. You've actually given birth to a human being. You've not met that side of the family. That's not a red flag. That's a red block flipping country. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> like, nah, you're the side chick. He has a wife and a child and children. And that is why you have not met them. Mm. What you need to do is come to the reality that that is the case. And then you need to do some investigations. And if you want Riley, fake name, to be involved with that family, you need to start using your brain and you need to start doing things like looking at his phone or next time he comes to your yard, follow him. When he leaves, follow him. See where he goes. I bet he doesn't even live with you. You're the side chick. Follow that man. Listen to his phone calls. Like link his iPhone to yours. There's shit you can do. I know that's illegal, like allegedly. <laughs> like, like, follow him. Seriously. You can't have a whole human being for a person and you've not met any of his family. You and your child are the second family. That's what it is. The minute you have not met the people who have part of 
the blood gene of your child. You are not existing in the whole world to them. They don't know who you are. He's got a wife, his family, or the setup is someone is thinking that they are his sole being and reason for living, whatever, whatever. They don't know about you. And I just don't, I think I would push it. I would push it. That's me. I would push it. I'm like, listen, I want to know. I'll I'd say, Auntie Farah, I'll find a way to get to that house because what she's saying that, you, I don't know. She, her, her question was like, should I introduce them? Um, and then any advice, I'm not sure if it will backfire if I go ahead and introduce them to myself as they've never seen her. So it's like, how would she even, should she introduce herself to them? And if she does, how should she go about it? She should, because she owes she it to the child. She does. Yeah, she has to. I mean, I, the thing is, you know what it is? Is like there is an element of what you don't know what the shit you don't know what you're blowing up, and it might not always be beneficial. You might be putting your child in the fire for something mad. So I would do a lot more research. But if she's saying that, should I? That means she has access. It sounds like then she has access to go up to go to mum's house and say, "Hey, this is me." Yeah, so I, I, I got that impression. I got that impression that she knows where the mum is. Like she knows, but it's just, should I do it without him? Are you going there? Maybe I wouldn't bring my child because like mm. Auntie AK said, you don't know what might kick off. But me, I'm going there. If I know where you stay or your mum stays and I've got her grandchild who is three, that kid's had three birthdays. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine, like, Egypt's grandparents, half of them live in Grenada, right? They FaceTime her on her birthday. Like, I can't, like, I met, I don't, like, I'm talking, I'm stuttering because I can't understand it. I can't fathom this shit. And normally when you're dating someone and you don't go to their house or you don't meet their family, it's because you are the side chick or you're the thing that they're keeping quiet because they've got a next life that they're not telling you about. Three years. Mm -mm. Speaking. Auntie Anna, what do you think? Sorry, no, I, I agree. I agree. There's no, so what I was thinking was I didn't immediately jump to your side piece, but that does make sense. But I'm thinking if you've hung around and been and not met the family, I was thinking maybe it's more that they're embarrassed of their family or there's some type of mental health issue. But maybe that's actually giving way too much consideration to way too much, yeah. Probably, it, it just seems mad that you've gone a whole pregnancy well a whole relationship got pregnant had a child and the child was born and the parents didn't cut like all of that it, it, yeah it does speak to but you know they, they must not know that this human even exists i would go alone though i wouldn't take my child because yeah. go alone definitely you don't know that they, they may not believe you there may just be a lot to deal with and who knows what his situation is if you've never met anybody. I'd probably, but I would, I would have gone earlier. I feel like this child is too big, but I would go. I would I go think, and find out what, what, what is it? What is it about this family? Even if the mum is mentally ill, then at least I know, oh, okay, there's, she's ill. And then I can forget about it and move on. But the only I, thing, go on, Auntie, okay. No, I was just going to say, I want to know that, because that, that, I women, we do concede a lot. And I know men do it too, but in the majority, we concede a lot just for the sake of having a man. And we take on a lot, we forgive a lot, we turn a blind eye to a lot. So I would love to know the nature of their relationship. It sounds like maybe they're not together anymore. It's not very clear. Yeah, uh, it, it, it did sound like we they had a relationship. Yeah. yeah. 
and then had a child. I would love to know in during the relationship what it was because I know, like, you know, I referenced the ex, the cheating motherfucking ex, who I never met his side of the family. I never got that far. And I knew he had kids, but I didn't, I, and I never, he met my daughter, but I never met his kids. So there's that. But at the time, I didn't suspect him of cheating or anything like that. I didn't expect that. I didn't know that I was actually the side woman. But there's an element of behavior. So if you're going to put up with that for three years. And when he, how long do you think you would have waited? How long do you think it would have been before I was you were like, no, this is too long? I was given our relationship a year um, mm. and he never made it out like I couldn't meet his mum. He never actually said that. He didn't, it was just more, and like I said, it, the time that we were together, I didn't suspect another woman. I thought something was off, but I thought he had financial issues. In the same way you're saying mental health, I didn't think he had mental health, but I thought there was an issue with him personally that I wasn't sure of. So I was cautious, thinking I'll give it a year and if things don't add quite up, then I'll make a decision and see how far we get. But I genuinely, because of the way we were interacted, I didn't think that he was he had a whole setup where he was living with still living with his children's yeah. mom. That's the only difference. But I don't think that if I had red flags upon red flags upon red flags that this guy doesn't want me to be seen out in public or people to know me, I'm not sticking around for that. I think mean, that's always been my insecurity. I could be insecure as fuck. I might put up a bullshit, but if you're gonna hide me and I know you're hiding me, I, I think I've told this before. One time I I saw somebody who I knew had a partner. It's my one time of being an intentional side person and we met up and then he must have went after we met up maybe like a day or two later like or maybe later on in the day I said oh are you coming back and he was whispering down the phone that has been forever the kryptonite to me ever 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 repeating that act again man was whispering to me down the phone am I a secret am I that worthless that you're gonna whisper on the fucking phone and what did he say something like oh She's in the back room. I can't speak. I was like, you shouldn't have even fucking answered the phone, mate. I never, ever saw him again. I refused. I said, that's my lesson. Never do that again. I will never do it. That's just, no, man. No, The only justification for this behavior, and it doesn't sound like this, right? The only justification would be if it's an interracial relationship and his or her parents... It's, you know, you know, you know, like that thing of oh. her dad. Maybe the dad, his family's racist. Yeah, and she's black. Yeah, and she, he has that fear. But then I feel like once you have a child, you need to suck that bad boy in. That would be the only, the only way that I would forgive this behavior. But nah, man, I you. Otherwise, it's just giving me you're the you're the second family. It's, it's, that's the vibes that I'm getting off of this. And I'm rolling up to the yard once and for all because I owe it to my kid. My kid needs to know where they're from. It's oh, so right. important to know where you're from. I think what I wanted to... Sorry, I, I got sidetracked because I, I like referencing the ex in his bastard ways. <laughs> I hope he listens. Um, um, <laughs> I really do. I really do. He didn't get, he didn't get enough of it. He didn't get enough revenge. He should have got more from me. Just at him. Yeah, he should have got enough. And tag him in some posts. <laughs> yeah, don't even say anything. Just tag him in a post. <laughs> but, um, I was thinking that what um, my whole point was, what was the nature of their relationship? Because why is it you, she let him get away with not saying it for a year? Because I would be on him. She waited a year. She mentioned it and said it took about a year and he didn't bring it up again until she yeah. mentioned it again. So that makes me think she's a bit subservient. It makes me think that maybe she's possibly scared or she's a timid one in the relationship. Because I don't, I think anyone with a more forthright personality would be like, listen, what the fuck is going on? I want I want this to happen. I'm not going to accept your lame excuse that it's not the right time. 
what the fuck, I would have been more out front and demanding information. So I would be a bit concerned about, and I thought that about the racism as well, I, but I would be a bit concerned about maybe just turning up because you don't know what you're working, walking into, even as an adult. But I want to know why she hasn't push, pushed him because she hasn't. And what's the reason? It's, it's probably exactly that. It's just a little bit of fear of the un- unknown. And you and lots of people, we're hopeful, aren't we? When somebody says they're going to do something, you kind of give them a little yeah. bit more grace to fulfil it. And oh, that maybe yes. it could be a year in the grace period, like because a month goes by, another it's very easy to get caught up in oh yeah I understand why June wasn't good for him or July and then before you know it, it's like right I made excuses for a whole year she probably is at the this is my child's getting bigger and it's getting further away from it even being a, ba- a baby to present to another family now he's turning into toddler and yeah he needs to know this side maybe it is a race thing actually it could it could be race also why she's been held back a little bit more to presenting herself. If you already have the, they may be racist in your mind, you may hold back of presenting yourself and your child for the fear of the rejection. But that's mad. Again, people have to think about who they're laying down with. Bro. You've got to know this family. They may be flipping incestuous. To, if you've not even seen them, you don't even know what you've had a child with. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not letting that off. You, you have, we have to find a way to get through. I just, it's just very really interesting why she hasn't, she doesn't. She hasn't forth, been more forceful. Three years is a long because, time. To, to because, be. like Auntie Nana said, sometimes when you're in a situation, you have the element of hope, and you yeah. rely on hope. And because you you hope so much, you don't want to rock the boat. And let's say we fear, but well, not fear in the sense of you're going to get bust up, but it's fear in the sense of if you rock the boat, your world yeah. might blow up, and it might yeah. not go the way that you want it to go. And then as women, we tend to that whole thing. I don't want to be a nag. I don't want to be moaning. I'm not trying to make cause. And it's just like women, we, I think we do have to do better. Like, fuck what they say. If some don't sit, with, sit right with you, speak up. And I'm speaking to myself in that too. When something's not right, push it. Push it. I remember the ex, again, three months <laughs> in, I said, you're acting like you've got a wife and kids at home. Who knew I was calling it? Who knew I was calling it? Should have pushed. Um Get the comments. Candice says, Grandma's going to call the child by the names of the other grandchildren and spill the beans about his other family. Grandma advice, oh, you look just like your brother. And <laughs> Nicholas says, that is what I was thinking, Auntie Farah, the interracial comment. Donald says, she also needs to know the medical history of her child's father's family. It's true. The other thing, the reason, the other reason why it's really important, you hear these horror stories of like um, people going off to university, funnily enough. And then starting to, or just meeting people and dating, yeah. and then they take them home, and the father's face sinks because he realizes That's the daughter's right. boyfriend is his son. Dun, dun, dun. Like, could That's why you need to know your people because things yeah. like that can happen. And then Definitely. you've got, what do they say? Cousins and cousins make dozens, isn't it? Nice. Did I tell you about the time in college when I fancied my first cousin? For years. No. Did you not know it was your first cousin? No. You see what like, I'm saying? My mum's brother's kids. Yeah, first cousin. And th- this uncle, he has quite a few kids. There's like 22 children that he had. Okay. And this was a part of the younger set that my mum actually brought to this country. And we never met them. So I knew my mum had brought some of my cousins to this country. 
We never saw who they were. I didn't know their ages. This guy in college, where I had the biggest crush on him, I was I would I would follow him around the building and sit Is in the like and watch him properly. Like I'm there, he's over there, and I'm watching him. One Does of my other like cousins. Him? Yeah, he would just kind of look over like, why is this girl following me? No, like, does he look like, like, like you? Yeah, no, but does, does he actually look like you? No, no, he okay. doesn't look like me. Um, you know what, kind of, in, yeah, maybe. Actually. That's because sometimes you know like you're attracted to... <laughs> the yeah, yeah, there's, 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 I definitely knew he was from Ghana. Okay. Yeah. So one of my other cousins we, we all went to college together there's a lot of cousins in the college i told him because i saw him talking to him one day and i was like who's that dude i really like him like can you introduce us and he started laughing hysterically and i was like oh is he not into black girls it was like that's your cousin oh and i was like who how like because he's your cousin doesn't mean he's my cousin like, i was yeah. really young <laughs> i know he's from ghana and it was like no that's uncle d's son and I was like, no, like it's not even a second cousin. I may yeah. have, oh, at those times, I may have gone to the way I liked him. I may have done that. But like, no, it's like that's first cousin, that's proper blood. So then he introduced us, but I was still so attracted to him. I never really spoke to him. Like it was like, okay, you stay over there. But yeah, if he was on it and I didn't go to this cousin, I could have had one yeah, of those scenarios. It happened. It then been, kids could have had well, 10 I was in the attic. Did you say ten hands? Ten heads. <laughs> and you would have been like, I don't know what's happened. <laughs> but yeah. Cousin and cousin make dozen. That's what happened. Mate. Okay. All right. Let's move on to for the culture. This is where we get into what's popping in the streets. We have, I don't know if you guys watched, we are black and British, the BBC program about race. Did it do it? I watched, I watched it. Wireless Festival is about to take place across three locations. What's your thoughts on that? Three. That's what I said. Three, three locations. locations. Oh, I said two. Sorry. No, no I said three. No, my um, bad. Lent, Lent begins this Wednesday and ends in six weeks. Are you giving anything up? Do you observe it? World Book Day is is this Thursday. What's your favorite book? And oh, I don't know why this is here. Matt, oh, I, I, I I did that with no oh, context. With no context. that can't see the document auntie nana added something to the document but didn't put a link to what she added an explanation, an explanation. as well but she's put it like it's one <laughs> <laughs> so what i added was it was just like a simple question have any of you guys seen the matt no. Stephen no. Bartlett interview no. or I have you seen clip. the interview with zz mills and eddie no. Caddy? that was a clip and normally, what you could have, you would have done that in the group, and we would have like, okay, let's watch it. No planning, no warning. We'll come back to it. I really did add it at like five thirty because it just kept it. Let's go back. So we got. Let me. Okay, let me ask you lot what your favorite book is because it's World Book Day is this Thursday. Sorry, okay. I just what I like to know. This is my favorite things. I, I, I'll go. Um, my favorite books are book. I is it book, book number one book? Okay, number one book that I read every year is The Alchemist. Uh, I, Nana, I read... is that yours? That's... Nana, okay. What's fucking creepy is this? I don't read a lot of books, right? Yes, AK, I don't read a lot of books. So when she said that, I was like, all right, well, I'll talk about The Alchemist because that's my favorite book. And then I thought you'd be oh. like, I'm like, your favorite book, but yeah. 
But I know we're family anyway, man. I know. We're more than just Gemini twins. It's like I know. Yeah, it's it's a spiritual one. That is my that I have to read it every year. It kind of it recenters me, and I feel like I feel like my life is a bit similar to his. Like it's like on a pilgrimage, and I'm probably gonna end up where I started. But there's something in his hero's journey that really sits. And it, it it quiets my soul. Like, just keep on ploughing, keep on doing what you're doing, and you're gonna get you're gonna get to your rainbow eventually. So I love the alchemist. And that's I was actually gonna judge you for not reading. I really didn't have that expression on my face. Mm. No, <laughs> you don't watching. No, <laughs> watching's different. But reading, that's not everyone's forte. That's not everyone's thing. Yeah. Um, no, that's no, fine. Um, mine is standing at the scratch line by Guy Johnson, uh, May uh, Angelou's son. It's just a brilliant okay. Western book because, oh. and I want it to be made into a film. I so want it to be made into a film because it just shows black people in a heroic state post-slavery. And it's just a wonderful book. Like they, he did a part two, which is a bit more commercialized, but Standing at the Scratch Line is powerful. Six Out Seven by Jess Mowry. I mentioned it the other day on a podcast I was on, but um, I hadn't thought about it for years. It's just a book about some kids in the hood from Oakland. Again, very epic and visual. I love storytellers that are epic and visual and create, really take you away. And I'm always going about Tommy Adeyemi's um, yeah. Blood and Bone and A Carter Witch by, I can't remember the author, but Carter Witch book series. I'm looking at my, I always look at my bookshelf when I'm here. It's just, they give me comfort. My books have been my savior. Um, but those, those are some of my favorite books. And I for, for centering and well-being, when I'm really out of sorts, which I actually could actually do with pulling it out now, is um A Whole New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. I love that. Um, it's just that whole thing. I'm very someone who can uh, well, I, I think I've got better in life, overthinking, dwelling in the pain, sitting in the pain, and not seeing it, you know, just welling up and just keeping in that in that space. The whole new earth, and what's the other one? There's a whole new earth, and then there's the other one, the main you one. You know what? I've, I've written that down because I'm probably going to do an audible on that. Um, um, new earth, and my favorite of his books is probably Power, Power of Now. now. That's, it, that's, that's my it. favorite yeah. one. Right? So Power of Now, I felt so. It's like I read, I read Power of Now, and I was like, hmm, I get it, but it's something about it was too clinical for me, and too okay. But then, so the whole new earth. It just it just spoke to me a lot in a different way that I yeah. it's the same power of now, but it's an evolution of that power of now. Yeah. And whenever I'm start have my mind milling, I'm like, stop the noise, be now, focus on now, fuck yeah. all that backstory shit. Who are you now? What's happening now? Focus on what's happening, be present. I love that. That that's a great he, he is brilliant at that, isn't he? Yeah. Just like really bringing it close into being more centered. Yeah, and and really getting into the present moment. I do love his books. His voice used to really be very clinical to me, but after yeah. I've listened to him so many times, it's like now I quite like his voice, how he talks. But it's weird. He's got such a weird voice. It's yeah, it's so unique. unique. I met him through um Oprah. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I, I really said that Oprah introduced him to me. No, watching Oprah's show. Oh, where's Gone. It's gone. Why? Because you lied. Because <laughs> she said I met him through Oprah. She was like, lying. I will not be part of this before Oprah shuts us down. Exactly. That's what happened. She went. 
Um, Candy, so we might do something like that. I'm definitely, we're going to look into me reading stories. Like, I do love, I do love yeah, a book. you need to do an, you know what, some, if anyone's out there, I think that Auntie AK needs to do the voice for your book. I think that would be amazing. Oh, no, I'm not good at voices and stuff. I, I, actually, just I you to... reading. You don't have to do voices. I just mean you reading with your voice a book. Don't yeah, I want to do that. I do like that the idea. That would be cool. I'd listen um, to that. Actually, maybe not because your your voice actually does my head in. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Auntie Nan to come back? Well, we can. Um, you look fat. Oh, thank you. You'll see Auntie Farah. Auntie, Auntie Shelley Osborne says, "Ladies, I must say you all look fabulous tonight. Loving Auntie Farah's hairstyle. Yeah. Cute. Thanks. I got rained on as well. So you don't even look rained on. You look cute. You look cute. <laughs> okay. Whilst Auntie Nan is fixing herself, let's talk about Lent. Auntie Farah, are you going to give up anything for Lent this Wednesday? Um, probably. I don't know what yet. I haven't thought about it. I do if I remember on time because I don't like if I forget the actual day that it starts. I don't like starting after, so I probably will. And it needs to be something that makes a difference to me because um, I don't eat a lot of things anyway because yeah, my diet's mad. But um, so I yeah, it has to be something that it might. Fit. I actually might give up alcohol because every year I usually give up alcohol in January for about four months, and I haven't. I didn't do that this year. Because I needed the drink, let's face well, it. Say, extenuation circumstances. <laughs> yeah, I actually needed the drink. But um, I think I might give up alcohol for Lent. Mm. Yeah, I think I will. That might be my one. My daughter's very good at giving up stuff for Lent. And she always picks something that is going to make her suffer. <laughs> you know what? Your, your child to speak to her god sister, big grown god sister who refuses. Every time I say to my daughter, are you giving up for Lent? She says, nope. And she's more religious than I am. I've said you've turned into a heathen in your old age. I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily religious, um, but I, for some reason, Lent is where I'm always good. I was, I have since being in Ghana, I have slipped off the ice wagon. I've been having little bottles of ice every night. So I've got to go back on the wagon. I just, ice is just so amazing. Um, so I tried to get in. I, the, the kids, uh, my daughter went to Sainsbury's yesterday to go and I said like, get me some frozen water get me some water so I can freeze it so I have a last little hurrah before Lent and she said there was none so I'm literally going cold turkey um so into Lent so I'm going to try not to have ice for Lent because it's, it's got a bit out of hand not out of hand because I'm only having one bottle a night but it's still but at night yeah that doesn't matter when what difference does it make daytime nighttime it's night when you're lying down in your bed and you're going to go to sleep and then your chest is cold from the ice yeah, but it just tastes so fantastic, it man. It's not good for you. No, but it's beautiful. It's not good for you. Yummy, my mouth is watering. Anywho. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so I think I'm going to give up ice. I'm, I've been quite much better since my COVID diet um, and weight loss. I've definitely maintained my weight loss and eating a lot better. So I don't really think there's anything unhealthy that I need to give up. Um, so yeah, ice. Ronald says... Is religion spiritual or cultural to you? Auntie Farah, what's your thoughts? Spiritual. Hmm. For me, it is. It's spiritual. I don't, yeah. I mean, I'm Catholic because that's how I was brought up and I went to a Catholic school and that's what I am. But I don't, I, I would be lying if I said I'm a devout Catholic. And I would be lying if I said that when I go to church, I don't question some of the stuff that they're talking about. I do. But it's spiritual for me and I don't need to go to church all the time. I've kind of dropped off going to church since COVID because you have to check yourself in, like book a place and stuff like that. So I haven't gone as much as I used to. But it's definitely spiritual to me. 
because I don't even think that you need to go to church in order to be connected to whatever higher power you believe in. And yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely see signs and feel the presence of a higher power at times in my life when I've needed it. So yeah, it's more spiritual, I would say. Yeah. Same. Hey, you're back. You good? Oh, and your camera's much clearer than it was before as well. For me. Can you hear me, Auntie Nana? She can't hear us. I can. I can. Welcome. Well, I'm probably slightly behind. I, I was watching on my phone and I heard Ronald's question and Auntie Farah talking about that she's not a practicing Catholic. And then that's yeah. when I popped up. All right. So the question was from Ronald, is religion spiritual or cultural to you? Um, um, definitely. Religion. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a religion, so I don't know. How would you... Yeah, but actually, the question is, is religion spiritual or cultural to you? So that means, does is religion a culture or a spiritual thing? Yeah. That's not necessarily, it's not asking if you are religious yeah. or cultural. Yeah, or spiritual, yeah. It's if it's cultural. And I think definitely black people in general, religion is a culture as well. And I suppose religion, even if it's, if it's, if it's Islam or Christian, the leading ones, obviously there's other denominations, but if you're talking about those type of things... They, could, they become a cultural thing because there's a tradition and a way of doing things, your Sunday best, the repass, and that's what Americans call it, but, the, you know, the gathering afterwards and all that type of... Not the repass. Is it repass? I don't know that's what that funeral. is. That's a funeral thing when they talk about the repass. I, I think it's cultural, though. To answer his yeah, question cultural, specifically, yeah. um, that's funny because reading it, I didn't, I didn't read it like that. Like, so in my mind, I hadn't processed it like that until you actually said it out. And then mm. I was like, actually, I don't have an answer for that. But I would, if I had to place religion in a context, I would say it's probably cultural than spiritual. I, I think there are very few spiritual components to religion as it's practiced. I think it's way more a cultural practice that people get born into follow society dictates that a spiritual Mm. part they are few and far between that are spiritually connected to a religion in my opinion yeah Yeah, because it's it's funny yeah go on when you said it i thought faith rather than religion i said catholic because that's why as i I explained it but faith to me is more spiritual than it is yeah and also and being born into religion you're right you're not you unless i again i'm not speaking for everybody but i know i was told I was Christian. I was told to go to church. I was told to pray. I was told to believe in God, told to read the Bible. Never shown God, shown how to pray, shown the Bible, shown how to go to church. You know what I'm saying? So that show that spiritual connection between religion, it's yeah, it's not there for me. And I know that people are spiritually religious. That's fine. But it's not something that you necessarily get shown and you're expected just to be it. And that's it. Whereas spirituality, I think you all, there are more lessons and things and book on how to be spiritual because it's like a method that you have to use and get in touch with the spiritual realm of things so you can't just wake up and say i'm spiritual you get taught how to meditate you get taught how to take the medicines and the herbs that oh my god i said herbs herbs that <laughs> <laughs> you've been watching some americans yeah i know i'm so 
herbs. herbs. Oh, exactly. Because <laughs> it's it when they drop the H's. I hate yeah. it. I hate it. Sorry, my American cousins. Love you really, but something of the H is so upsetting. Um, but yeah, so it's just the thing. You get you, you get shown how to be spiritual. You don't get shown how to be religious, I yeah. think, in my opinion. And that's it. Yeah. Anyway, the question was, what are you getting up for Lent, Auntie Nana? Oh, oh, that's from tomorrow, isn't it? Um, yeah. uh, I, I'm not giving up anything. <laughs> Every year I say, oh, I'm going to like give up alcohol. It's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I'm giving up alcohol. I've never, I've, I think the longest I got was a, a week. One time when I was like, I'm going to give up alcohol. I did a week. Um, other than being pregnant, I haven't had a time where I've been able to successfully do it. So I'm See, not going to put myself through that. I've done, I've done six months before. Like, oh, I, yeah, like I was saying, the reason why I think I'm going to give it up for Lent is because usually every year I give it up from January for at least three months. Sometimes I do January until my birthday, so that's like January to me. That's a good, good. Yeah, idea. I kind of like doing it, so I'm definitely giving it up for Lent. Oh, uh, shit, we're going out soon, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We're literally going out next week. Oh, you're giving up ice. Yeah, well, I don't because it's, it's got bad since I was in Ghana. I was just like, mm, I just need it. Um. But also, I was thinking about because I haven't bought a bottle of wine. I do buy wine sporadically, so I was thinking maybe I'll add on not buying drink at home, but not limiting myself when I go out. I don't really drink a lot when I go out. But I know I'm going to an event tomorrow that's going to have drink. I know I'm going out on Thursday that's going to have drink, and next week there's going to be place. I'm not. Do you know, I'm not. lying. I'm not giving up alcohol. I'm going to rephrase that because I've got my leaving due. I'm yeah. definitely drinking when I leave. Like I've told everybody, I will be in the bar at three o'clock. There's, there's a lot happening. Uh, then we've got going out, so I might twerk it a little bit or tweak it a little bit to like twerk I don't it. drink at home. Twerk it. That's yeah. the result of the drink. Um, <laughs> yeah, I might. I don't know. I have to revise it. I have to think about it then, because I can't say bread or carbs because I don't eat bread or like I don't eat that shit anyway. So that's just really being lazy. My, my old school one was Chris because I used to eat Chris like a whole monster. I'm, I'm gonna I, go with that because I, I, I actually really am like. I set myself at the beginning of the year by my birthday, by my 42nd birthday, I need to be back being a size 10. And I've not done anything to make that happen. So I think I will definitely give up McDonald's. Oh. Do you eat that much McDonald's? Because it's about once, once, once or twice a week, I'll have McDonald's. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to yeah. give up sweets. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. that's cheating as well because I only really eat sweets when I'm at work, my current work, because they're just there. So I feel like that's cheating. But I'm gonna yeah, do that. Um, like Nicholas says, if I was really gonna sacrifice for Lent, I would give up watching your aunties could never. But I don't do that. that. I mean, Nicola, why is that even a thought in your I head? She's saying that would be the biggest sacrifice. She's saying that's a big sacrifice. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that then. So she's chosen not to because she can't cope with not watching us oh. or listening to us. It would be giving up alcohol instead. So I, I thank you, Nicola. Thank you, thank you, Nicola. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so um, much, Nicola. Moving on. My, I don't know. Wireless Festival, are you going? Are you interested in this? Right. Time? So Wireless Festival, I have a whole thing about this year. Oh, I actually quite like the lineup. Yeah, you know, there's some good people on there. Yeah, so part of me is like, oh, I wouldn't mind going to see some of these individuals. However, I decided to stop going to wireless probably about four years ago. 
Yeah. Because it is just, I feel like a real auntie at wireless. Mm. It's like, I am not, so this is not for me. I'm not supposed to be here. There's like 15 year olds there. So I thought what I might do, I might just see, depending on how much it costs, I can't actually say what I might do because if my niece, if someone watches this, they'll know what I'm talking about. So I have an idea. But um, I personally am not going to go to wireless unless I can get VIP. That's, that's me. That's I think if me. I can get a free ticket, if I can get VIP um, and jerk it that way, I mean, that's it because I, and I also don't, care about anyone i don't think and what what's the lineup who's on no, the, the lineup, lineup that yeah. i think the lineup Let's is great yeah. i don't want to go to finsbury park because it's like i i like festivals in finsbury park anyway it feels homely to me yeah and i i do want to i'm not going general population i'm not yeah. hanging around young people there's gonna be fights it's long they're gonna be feral as hell yeah so i, I want to go vip or with an artist I don't actually know any of the artists going, but I do think if somebody just wanted to sponsor the aunties to go do some backstage stuff. Aunties live. I think it would be a brilliant thing for wireless to actually have that kind of cross-generational thing going on in their social media. And we'd be great at being facilitators of that. So definitely we should be a part of the wireless kind of thing. And, and we should be backstage. I think we deserve it. We would be great backstage. I agree. Okay, so here's the lineup. So, um, Ronald, the wireless festival is like it's like whatever you know. It's not Coachella levels. It's it, it's not Glastonbury levels, but it's another quite popular music festival that takes probably places. like the like similar to kind of Roots Picnic type of thing. No, I think that's a bit smaller and that's more niche. No, that's huge. Is it smaller? I'm saying is it smaller than wireless? No, equivalency in numbers, the roots is probably the same as wireless. Okay. In numbers of people. Okay, cool. So yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's true, it's true, true. So you've got ASAP Rocky, J. Cole, Tyler the Creator, Cardi B, Scissor, Nicki Minaj, Dave, Cardi B, J. Cole. This is like the different days. And you've got six, you've got six lakh, Ari Lennox, yeah. Six lakh, Ari Lennox, <laughs> Baby Keem, don't know who that is, Blast, see, Burner Boy, Central Sea, City Girls, D Block, Diggity, Doja Cat, Don Tolliver, Gibeon, Gunner, Jack Harlow, Dude, Jenny great. Summer Walker's at one of them as well. Yeah, yeah. so Summer Walker, Popcorn, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, Little Sims, uh, Gibeon, Blast, Six Lack, Slack, and Burner It's just Boy. black. Yeah. Okay, but he's got a six there. Because he just has it because of copywriting and shit like that, but it's just black. Okay. I actually thought it was six lakh. I thought he was doing that for purpose. Yeah. Anyway, those, I mean, you know, I wouldn't mind. I have, I, even though I don't know, not Mike, Cardi B, Dave and J. Cole, you know. Cardi B's actually really good. To no, no, Cardi B is fun. Um, Nicki Minaj, not sure. Don't care. Not sure, but J. Cole, I would love to see him again. He's fucking amazing. One of my favourite rappers. I think it would be so cool. I think it would be good. I do. I think it would be good, but I just can't do it. Anyway, so it's... But in general population, I can definitely do it as a sponsored entity, VIP passes, and doing backstage stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, let's see. That's the only way. All right. And finally, did you watch We Are Black and British? What do you think? I watched it. And... um, 
um, it pissed me off. <laughs> There's yeah. no like roundabout ways of saying it. There were some great moments, but overall, I found Lin May. I have to put it out there. I don't understand. She's half, no, quarter Pakistani, white, and black, and her name is Lin May. I thought she had Chinese in her. That baffled really? me. Is she not at all? At all. She doesn't oh. have. Any. I was like, that's really weird. Is this a nickname? I wasn't sure. But she she was irritating. And um, Dominique, I think I found a real soft spot for her trauma because she's so right-wing and anti-Black just because facing her Blackness is it, it's a sore point for her. It's really traumatic. So I kind of got to understand her a little bit more. But it was lacking in so much depth towards the Black experience, being Black and British, the tackling of black issues, having the only black female representative being Michelle was really annoying because she was so stereotypical. Yeah, it was an annoying program. I didn't watch it. I have to watch it. Um, yeah, similarly. Similarly, I found it annoying. I felt like what I found offensive is that you're taking black culture for fun and you're making it into a reality show. You're taking people to the countryside to sit in a mansion to then storm out and cry over every minute you're crying and saying, I'm leaving a conversation. This is not, this is not for solution, this is for drama. Our, our culture is not for drama and excitement. Nonsense, absolute nonsense. I mean, there were definitely some grits and elements. It def- some people said they got them talking outside of watching it. So there were jumping points and starting points for conversations. That's fine. I mean, you can get that from a lot of shows. Even the most stupidest show, you'll get some sort of conversation out of it. Um, but I felt like, I, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm being very harsh. And I suppose I, I'm, I, 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 I am the founder of a platform that celebrates black creatives in the arts. So, but my honest opinion is that I'm not sure. I know there were black people behind the scenes that put this together. So I'm not going to speak on their intention or what they thought would happen with this. But what I saw on screen, I felt trivialized a lot. And I felt that there was not time. And I know there's never enough time, but I don't think this, the topics were explored in depth enough in a way to give a fully rounded perspective on the issues at hand. And I definitely think that a lot of the people that they had have tr- unresolved trauma. So their opinions aren't fully informed. And I'm not saying that yeah. you have to be completely healed and edu- it's not about education either. It's not that, but if you're coming to the table as someone who's got an opinion on something and it, within seconds, everyone can see that the reason why you think the way you think you're, is because you've got a broken background, then your thoughts aren't your own. Go and do healing before you come and talk about being a right wing or a spokesperson for this. Even an educated person like Dr. Um, Kehinde, Dr. Kehinde, Professor Kehinde, I've always rated him, but I, and I don't know if it was the editing, but I felt like his points weren't put across well enough, and he just sounded like an extreme black radical, and then cut to him being, him revealing that when he was younger, he was an absolute anti-black, or it said, as he is in his words, he was anti-black. He surrounded himself with everything white. So then it would seem that his radicalness is propelled by his guilt for turning his back on black people. So now even then, so even him, I can't necessarily take a hundred percent because what is your true, true feeling? And I'm not discounting because he's done a lot. You know, he introduced the black, um, the black uh, degree, the black history studies degree into university. I I recommended this guy for all the work he's done for keeping blackness in the forefront of um, education, especially. But I would, then I was like, oh, so 
that was a bit of a letdown in a sense. Um, I don't know. I, 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 it's definitely watchable. I do think that people should watch it and you'll probably like get something from, from watching it. Um, the most irritating part for me was the conversation with the black guy that's a twin who was talking about um, interracial dating. Gosh. And he, from looking at him, you know, and this is the thing, it was like they were all tripping over. You can spot a guy, a black guy, that likes white women. You can spot them. We all know them. Maybe one out of ten is going to go against it and you're going to be like, you like a white woman and they're going to be like, no, no, actually my wife is, they are the minority. This dude you know. And he had the classic lines of, I I don't see race. I date all races. I'm open to everybody. And then when one person asked him, I think it was actually Lynn May, how many white women have you slept with? Or it was like, what's the ratio of women that you slept with to black? were hearing crickets and it's just like it's okay if that's who you want to be with that's your preference but don't try and wholesale this is like you know there's there's no ramifications from being in an interracial relationship like it's just all it's going to be all a bed of roses and love is just about who you're attracted to that's it's unrealistic and it was annoying me that they were like kind of pushing this sideline alternative to like painting pro-black as as that's unrealistic and how he is, is more realistic in today's society and has, it doesn't have, there's no um, ramifications to it. It, it, But that, that segment, I was like, what is this agenda that you're really trying to push? There was no counterbalance to it other than his twin coming in, who was still a bit PC, but had the point of view of there's benefit. You've lost your sound. We've lost your sound. You're low again. You're still low. It's like you knocked the jack out of your microphone. Or yeah. Something. Yeah, you're back. Are you back to speak? No, you're not. I'm not back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like he, he was still half saying there's benefits to a monoracial relationship, but we're still on his twin side. Like, but, you know, love is love and, and, and you can love whoever you want. It was just really... I think it was sloppily done. And then again, Michelle got in there. First saying, I would like to be with a black man. Then by the end of it was like, yeah, I'm taking that back because this white man that I met on this dating thing, he's he's really sexy. And to me, he was like any old white dude. Like it was just, it pissed me off. It was trivializing what should have been a really good, a really good show for the BBC to put on. And yeah, and I think it's something about getting the, the pundits that you, I mean, Auntie Farah, when you watch it, you can draw your own opinions, but it's like, who is the spokesperson for black? And when it goes on to mainstream TV, it has to be so strategic, but you don't want to roll out the Afia Hirsch's and the Akala's and the same old, same old, but at the same time there, you know that, and you know, I, I'm struggling to think of anybody, even like a, a, a Diane Abbott and just mix it up. People that could potentially give a conversation, even get some different influence, maybe get Nella Rose and get her experience. You could, you didn't have anyone Ooh, like that. True. Have somebody else that could give it like a, a more grounded experience. You got, you went for influencers, you went for someone who's a bit controversial, but you went, oh, they're controversial. But none of them really brought anything to the table. Apart yeah. from the guy who um, is from the LGBTQ community. And they, and what was 
understandable is his experience. He's like, he's, he's giving him space to breathe and talk about his experiences, but they gave him more space and room to speak about his experiences from a more uh, sensitive position than any other topic, I think. Yeah. So it was, just, it was like, and it's rightly so, but then it, it, it kind of leaned, this show leaned on the tropes of black community being homophobic. Um, and racist. And racist and the aggressive, yeah. um, the aggressive black woman. Because Michelle, for those who don't know, she's she's around the way chick. She's she's around the way chick. She's a single mother whose son who'd been arrested, and so she's and she's like chicks that we all know. We're not they're in our friendship group. She do the lashes. I think she's got a bit of a BBL. I don't know. I'm just making like her, she's just around the way chick that we all know very very well, and she's fine in context however she fit a stereotype and a narrative and especially in that conversation about dating black what they had her on again they positioned her as being quite confrontational to the guy who doesn't date black women she's like you would never date someone like me i and then she's like i want a guy who's a doctor i want a guy who's a footballer who makes money and it's like mm -hmm. that's all you're leaning on michelle and actually michelle's got a lot of insight into what our lives are as black women as well so let me, for, for people that don't know, and like I don't know, explain yeah. to me where these people are. So it's, it's, I understand that it's six black people that they've yeah. spoken to, but what, what's the actual concept? Where are they? Is so basically, it basically six or? black people. So they've got, um, I can't remember everyone's name, but you've got someone who's a, uh, one of the guys is a, um, a gay black rapper. You've got the guy who's a doctor, and he's, he's, he's um, a Nigerian guy who's a doctor, grew up in the Cotswold or something, and yeah. he's talking about not dating you know dating and all that type of stuff he's a doctor you've got dominique who's a right wing her name's dominique tagon or dominique samuels she's a well-known on the rise kind of right wing aligning black british she's kind of like the uk's candace owens i think she's modeling yeah. herself I was just gonna say she like candace yeah. okay so she's and then you've got lynn may who is self-appointed spokesperson of controversy she originally was came to fame as one of the girls who was turned away from district no with a group but of where girls. Where are they? I'm more interested in the. In oh, the they're in the. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll, um, yeah. They're in the Cotswold or some. They've gone to. We take not the Cotswold. They've been taken to some country mansion. They're, they're in. So they're in a the country house. In the yeah. country house, and what yeah. are they interviewing them individually, or is it? No, like, they, they, have, they have group discussions. So, so it's just, basically, they'll go around each individual person. Each individual person gets a section. So it will be. So I'm on the show. I will give you a little insight into me, and I will say I'm a queer. This is how I grew up. Da, 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 and my beliefs are that all black people should go back to Africa, discuss. And so that the rest of the group will discuss it. And then you'll come together and have a group discussion when with everyone in the room. And then it's just about how they get to the root of the of the question asked, question posed. Um, and, it, you know, sometimes it was, you know, they did things like go to a school. Who was it that talked about the racism in, in, in schools? Is Kehinde, was it? Or Yeah, yeah. So that, was, that was that was Hinde's like his thing that he wants to change how racism is taught in schools, yeah. um, how it's how it's dealt with, and how you should like infuse it into history all year round because it's all it's black history is all history basically. So that, so that was important. It just sounds like to me that if they want to know about the black British experience and being black in British, they should have actually maybe then talking to people who are influencers actually gone out to the streets and found people and discussed it with them i you know because that obviously probably would have made a better show yeah well this is my thing because obviously if you're um an influencer or you're a doctor or whilst your experiences are valid maybe mix it up with having just joe public in there yeah. as well because yeah. that's the experience of the doctor who grew up in 
the Cotswolds or wherever it is that you said is going to be very experienced. It's very, it's going to be very different to somebody who's growing up in, you know, a low income family in London. Yeah. It'll be very different. So maybe that's what they should have talked about. It's, it's that thing because you and I, Auntie, you and I, Auntie Farah, and even Annie, you've got experience creating a show, creating a, putting a program together. It's that whole thing of who's going to draw the numbers and who's, mm-hmm. but these, like everyone they picked isn't necessarily a numbers drawer. So you could have got really, and I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm, like I said, that I know there's, there's a black, black exec producer and there was black people on the, on the creative team of this um, at the BBC. So I'm, not, I'm definitely not putting you guys down because I, I understand what it takes to get a show like this off the ground. I know you've got to get it through a lot of commissioners and people to agree. So pulling these things together is difficult. It's very hard to get a show like this off the ground. So I commend everyone that even had the thought to bring it together. However, that whole thing, and that's TV at large, relying on the people, the numbers or influencers or not getting the right people to speak. That's a problem. And when you're taking sensitive issues, especially like black culture, what it means to be black and British, you can't just treat it trivially. And I don't know, you know, I, I, I really don't want to disparage anyone who made it, but I didn't like the show. No, I'm not. But I just think if you're, if you know, we talk about a lot of times that there are people in this country because we are the minority in this country, right? Mm. So there are people in this country who don't actually know any black people or brown people, ethnic minorities. They don't know them. So then if that's their introduction. Exactly. I suppose suppose that for me is what the issue is. Yeah. That's your introduction to these people. And then you're going to base all your facts because there are people that watch things on TV and that's factual now. Yeah. That's how everyone is. They're going to base it on stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. I'm going to watch it, but by the sounds of it, I'm going to be pissed off when I do. You might not. because it, it, it's, it's an interesting it. watch as well, because, yeah, you may see it slightly differently or yeah. get different things. That Definitely the interracial dating part stood out for me, but the painting black people as racist and using the terms racist especially towards... Did they actually do that? Yeah, towards... I mean, my thing people. is, like, you can't be racist and be black in this country. But, but you know, that's it. That's a, a, that seems to be, like, a, a view that not too many people have. Like, they literally are, like, no, black people can be racist. But it was Michelle saying her daughter is um, Le- half... I think it was Iranian? And her daughter doesn't consider herself black. She says, I'm Iranian, because oh. her black family are disrespectful to her and don't include her in it. And I was like, okay, that's, these are issues within families, definitely. But to label it like it's racism against her and not giving a context into who you had a child with, maybe they didn't like that. Man, like there's always lots of different things that go into family dynamics or shadism in there as well. But it's like, it wasn't talking about, it was literally like, yeah, they don't like her. So she doesn't like going out. And it's like, mm, I wouldn't say your experience is the norm in family settings, yeah. but because you're talking about it and nobody counted it mm-hmm. with any questions, it then starts to build a narrative. Then you have mm-hmm. Lin May talking about her family and she was brought, she was born in Barbados, but then she's talking about her Caribbean family kind of when she says things and being like, oh, that's probably from your white side. There are things that families say that hurts you. And it is like, actually, I could get that in Ghana and it's going to be like, oh, you're just British. You know, there's things that people say and they're not really thinking about it, but you put it to the masses and then it's like, what type of ignorant black people are there out there? It was just like, mm, I feel there needed to be more consideration into this narrative that you're painting because this is the first time it's being done. 
And it's like, actually, I don't think these are scenarios that are mainstream. It could just be your family's a bit like that. And that's and that's the thing. I think it, there's not enough time in this show. I, and someone said it was a four-parter. It's actually a two-parter. Yeah. Want to cram all of that into like an hour and two hours of a show? It's bullsh- it, uh, that's where I'm you like. You think nah. maybe what? this is this is their way of um, taking something like what was the ITV no the Channel Four show? Oh, like un- unapologetic. No, I'm not. Even, I don't even mean High Life. Like of taking okay. something like High Life and feeling like they need to. Yeah, you know, make it into like a documentary and focus on it more because high yeah. life didn't really yeah. show stuff. Do you think it's their way of doing that? It's always like you know, TV. They always have that thing. Like, what can we do? They did that. What can we do? And we know yeah. what it's like when they're trying to put a show together. So we, I get all the ins and outs, and it, it, it it's on it's on trend. It's on brand. Do it, but just don't treat black culture constantly. Black culture is not a fad. It's not to be played with, and it's not to be just trivialized. And I'm and again, I'm not saying that anyone went into it, but you have to be careful because what people who make shows know is that you have the big idealistic idea and once it gets through the watermill and it gets streamlined especially if you're not if it's going out on a platform like the bbc your idea is going to get broken to bits to make it more palatable Mm. to the masses so you need to come in with a stronger base idea so by the time it's got watered down you're still not left you're not left with some sort of slight o to the culture and then the rest is just to appease the uh, middle england that are going to be watching the show potentially that's not cool that's not cool because you won't. And again, we don't want to fall to the stereotypes and stuff, but you wouldn't do that to certain other communities in that way. At all. It's not just one particular community. There's a few marginalized communities that they will not do that to. But here we go. Um, uh, Ronald's asking, are they all affluent people? No, I mean, they're all, I don't know. The only person whose status I well the rap the only person whose status I don't know is Michelle's and the rapper because yeah. the rapper's not, not mainstream rapper just yet and Michelle like she work she said she's a security guard doesn't she yeah yeah that's what she said yeah I so mean, she, she's working class uh, and the, the rapper was as well um, and then Lemay is a self appointed so I don't know if she how successful she is she's an influencer I didn't get the feeling that Lin May got brought up in a working class home. No, she felt like her family yeah. was way more middle, middle class. Yeah. Um, but where they are, they all seem to have like educated kind of yeah. backgrounds to some degree. Yeah. I mean, whatever. The only good thing is that I saw that the only thing that like made me smile was um, about the school that was doing well because they had um, adjusted the curriculum to be more black focused. And the fact that it has a, a white headmistress, so more power to her for allowing more black teachers and adapted uh, curriculum that lets children under, the students understand black history and are taught in a way that empowers them. So big yeah. up, I can't remember the name of that school. That's the best thing I got out of that show. All right, time to move on to what's made you sad, mad and glad this week. Auntie Farah. It's where I wasn't first. You are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what's made me sad, mad, and glad? I'm sad at the weather because it's so stressful. Like I, I'm tired of talking about it, but I'm still sad about it because it's yeah. I forgot. I've got. I've got sad, <laughs> and I am sad about this fucking weather. It's just annoying. Like, what? What do you want to do? What are you doing right now? You know. <laughs> It's supposed Rainy. to be spring, isn't it? <laughs> no, we're not in spring yet. 
we got 20 more days. 20 20 more days. Whatever the fuck it is. Like, and even my daughter keeps saying is like, oh, it's not like Grenada. When it rains in Grenada, it's then hot. Like this morning, she was like, the difference, the difference between Grenada and England is in Grenada. In England, people do this because they're so cold. And in Grenada, people are just, and she just yeah. did this smile. And I'm like, it's true though. It's so true. Right, so I'm sad at the weather. I am mad at, again, people's lack of ability or companies lack of ability to do what they're supposed to fucking do. I booked an engineer to come and look at my washing machine that decided it was just going to stop working. And I had a whole day. And they said they're coming between 9 and 12. And I waited between 9 and 12. And no one showed up for the entire day. And I went on. I tried to call them. And then it said that you can't. They can't take calls after about half an hour of me being on hold. It said they can't take calls. So then I had to then go online. And when I looked online, it said repair pending. So then I had to rebook it. And they're coming tomorrow. But it's just like, I'm just annoyed at people not being able to do their job properly. That's one thing. And I am glad um, that I got to see everyone borrowing Auntie Nana Nana because she decided to duck out as usual. Like we had a little Santorini reunion plus one, which was fantastic on Saturday. All the girls got together and we went out and Auntie Nana had the big talk of I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Watch me get guest list. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And the only place she came and went was the skip. Glad you kept it PC there. I know. I was to something else. No. Okay, Auntie Nana, what's made you okay. sad? Bad. Um, sad this week was really sad on Sunday. Um, Skibbity passed away, and Skibbity yeah. is like one of my fave jungle MCs. Just a- an amazing MC. When you'd go to a jungle rave, no, I started going to jungle raves when I was like. 16 and he was one of the first MCs up on up on stage where I was just like this guy is amazing a little while afterwards I found out he was from Ghana as well so he even went up even further and was like oh this guy's a god he's just so brilliant and hearing that he passed at just like 47 years old that really shocked me on on Sunday but I have so many great memories of him on the mic at Jungle Rave so R.I.P. to Skibbity. Um, my mad is just the full-on media propaganda around um, Ukraine. It's just been a bit too full-on and really condescending, um, con- all of the cons, and a bag of fuckeries as well. It's just been very annoying. Uh, my glad is I'm thoroughly happy that my best friend Jessica is back in the UK for like nine days. And so I'll get to squidge her cheeks before she goes back to Jamaica. But I'm really glad about that. Uh-huh. I'm also sad that I did miss the Saturday to spend with you guys because I was absolutely Billy big bollocks and was like, look, I know the AGS guys. I can get guest list. I did get guest list. I wasn't able to get the table. But I did get guest list, and then when it came to about nine o'clock on the Saturday, I was like, I'm not going, can't be asked to do my hair, can't be asked to do makeup, I can't be asked to get ready to go out. And I went to bed. And yeah, this is my life at the moment. It really is 50-50 if I'm going to go out somewhere. Sometimes I turn up, sometimes I don't. But it looked very fun, and then I did regret it when I saw all of the pictures, because you all look so fire. And I had quite a nice dress planned. And I was like, oh, you should have just 
got your big girl pants up and gone and joined in. But yeah, I'm sorry. Oh dear. Auntie yeah, Oki. Auntie Oki, <laughs> what made her sad, mad, and glad? And you can guess what's made me mad. Um, sad, <laughs> definitely, like the jungle era. For those of you who don't know, jungle is a derivative of drum and bass music. During the 90s, it was the, the music, the cultural music that most black folks, and of course white folks, but it was dominant in our culture and our mood. We were, Auntie Farah and I were in college at the time together and we'd go to every single jungle rave going. And I was a jungle dancer. So, and so I have strong memories of being on stage with Skibbity and his counterparts, um, Shabba, and just, you know, it's mad. And just because we on the back of losing Jamal and next, and then within a week we've got, we had this news, it wasn't cool to hear and um, much love and condolences to his friends and family and close ones. Um, uh, um, so I'm very mad about the pending war, whatever the hell is going on. And again, likewise, the ridiculous propaganda around it, just leave us alone. Just just put your dicks away, just allow it. Um, and just on Saturday, I was just stuck in stupid diversions. I kept choosing the wrong form of mode of transport to get to places, it just took me long to get places. That made me mad. And Auntie Nana, not really mad, just like, mm. You could have just come out, but I also get it. But I was like, you just could have come out. Um, and I'm glad, to, so I am glad that I went out with the girls. It's been so long. A lot of us haven't seen each other since um, before. I hadn't seen my girl, other extended family of girls since before um, Christmas. So it was really good to see everybody and shake a leg. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. The music good and slightly stuff. mad at the bar staff, though. I'm just going to add that. Sorry. Oh, yeah. The, oh, oh. oh. I literally was. In a, like at the bar for about half an 45 minutes, I think maybe. Oh, seriously? Yeah, and it and it was so bad that in the end I just said to everyone, just tell me what you want and I'll put it on my one card because I literally cannot wait for everyone to do their individual orders. Let's just let's just do this shit. And then you work it out after. Because getting their attention there was two bar staff. Mm-hmm. Like six hundred people. Yeah, it was dumb. It was just dumb. It was so dumb. And I forgot to say, I, don't, I didn't even get to tell you, Auntie Farah, oh, Auntie Nana. Um, we were in the queue. Auntie Charlotte and I went to get a drink, and I was behind her. She was in front, and I was behind her. And some man came up and decided that he was coming. And I could see what he was doing, and he pissed me off from when he was sliding, sliming his way over. Put his arm around Auntie Charlotte's waist and kind of like was caressing her side. So I took his hand and removed it. And I said, listen, you don't need to do that. And then he, he, he didn't do anything per se and then I think he kind of leant on her put his hand on her shoulder and it was so sleazy that obviously Auntie Shadi can handle herself but it pissed me off so much I was like you don't need to Lena and she was like respectfully could you get she said it politely can you get off me yeah and it was bar was packed but not to the point where your shoulders shot and even then you do not there was no need for a stranger to put his whole arm around anyone's waist and be like yeah like he was so chuffed with himself it was just so disgusting and it was so in that moment like why and i know i'm older and i'm a lot more feminist than i was when i was younger but just seeing that play out it enraged me it made me feel sick and i was like my friend's being violated and i know guys you like might not see the depth of it but it was so disgusting that you this guy felt and then and then what he did was classic about turn burying us cussing us no whole time and i was arguing are you really serious is this when you were at the bar and I came after. You know, yeah. it's a good thing that I didn't, I didn't, because there were two points where I, at first I was like, where are you not? I'm going to go to the bar and find you. But that was not long after I had come back from the bar. So I started thinking, I don't want to go and be I'll there again in yeah. 45 minutes. 
But then when you weren't there for a long time, then I came back. It's a good thing because I feel like I'm wow. Gonna... I'm less than over twenty-eight. He was definitely. You've knocked your you've knocked your mic out again, Nana. Um, he's definitely older to me visually. He looks older than us, and um, so that means you're mid forties or beyond, and yeah. you're acting like a pure, pure limp dickhead, and oh. you're bearing, you're cussing us, calling us all sorts of bad words. For real. And he was literally like, like so. Me and Shadow's here. I'm behind her, and I'm literally. I was like, I feel like I'm a girl because of the way I was protective of her. Like I was standing with my arm round, like move from her. And he was just like, every so often he just get into rage and start. And I'm arguing with him. She's like, ignore him. And she's like, yeah, but you don't have to touch me. Then some next prayer comes over because some tunes were playing. That's an annoying thing with the bar. The tunes were playing, and we're stuck at the bar, and they've got a fall in our ear. Some chick comes over. We're chatting or whatever. Some next guy comes over, he starts trying to chirp, trying to check me. And nothing, nothing. He was just, we were just having banter. But he was talking to the guy, and I was like, is this your friend? And he's like, no, it's not. I don't know who he is. But it looked like, and I was like, you need to tell your friend, because he's very rude. Then the guy was actually telling the other guy, and any other guy going past talking to me, oh, yeah, these women are something, 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 bearing, like using real bad cuss words, saying that we're just basically whores, dutty whores, basically. He was gunning us. I've never seen i actually haven't seen i've seen guys act up but this was like what the hell is wrong with you you tramp um so just that made me i forgot about that that made me actually physically mad and it, i was telling a friend and then we just went into a conversation about the things that women go through again we've talked yeah. about it before just saying no to a guy or just guys please you have no right to touch a woman it's not whether you think you're god's gift you don't know you might you might be my knight in shining armor in that moment, do not put your hand on anyone's body. Just don't do it. And he didn't just touch her shoulder. He put his arm around her whole fucking waist and was slightly caressing it. Oh. Oh, oh my God. Sleazy. Proper sleazy. Please. I was... Uh, and then this is what I hate as well. You tell him, don't touch me. And your reaction is... You're a this, you're a that, yeah. you're a da, da 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 That's like back in the day when boys would chirp you, boy, and I'm saying boys would chirp you, and you'd say no thanks, and they say, ah, oh, you're a lesbian, you're a this. Yeah. Or, what? Because I don't like anyway, you. But you was actually. Well, going so what if I was? <laughs> oh. You know, like <laughs> my point is, don't. I'm allowed to say no to you. I'm allowed without you having this reaction. Anyway, that's a whole discussion for another show. Yeah, wow. it's a whole discussion for another show. We will get into it deeply. All right, so that's it. Um, Auntie Fari, no, I had you up today because we have. You're fucking taking the piss with me, isn't it? Or did you say you're glad? My glad. No, she wants me to do unpopular opinion. With I was glad to be out with the girls. I said that. Oh, okay. I remember the mad. I remember the guy made me mad. But um, no. Well, I I had you up because I was like, yeah, we haven't heard from you for a while. However, it's fine if you don't have a piss me off. I kind of said my don't piss me off. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Was in my mad people and their inability to actually perform simple tasks that they get paid for. Yeah, exactly. That's a all right, my guys. Thank you so much, everybody, um, for watching and listening. This has been your aunties could never. Please follow us on all our popular social media platforms. Watch us back on Facebook and YouTube. And as I said, you can listen to us on most popular listening platforms. Don't forget when you listen to us specifically via Apple and Spotify, leave your reviews. Hit your five-star likes. Help us become rich. Also, next week, just to jump in, next week is our 100th show. 100 people. So if you have a show that you remember, fling us a little comment. Tell us about it. 
tell us what was good about it, what you liked about it when you're reviewing shit, and we will discuss it because we're doing a, a special little thing next week. So just think of a good show where it had you in stitches and just like fling it in the comments to us and we will hopefully pick it up. Yeah. Send us a voice note. Send us a voice note. Send us a voice note. Or you can you can send voice notes on Instagram. On Instagram. DM us with your favorite episodes. So that goes out to all of you, our our favorite listeners. Please, 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 please. Just put it in a voice note. You don't even have to leave your name if you don't want to. You know, if you don't even want to to leave a voice note. Or you just say it by voice note, but you don't want your voice to be on. We can just say it for you. Just let us know in the voice note. It's really important to us. You've held us down for these last hundred episodes, and we really, really love and appreciate you all. And we just want to celebrate you as well because you helped make the show. You know what I'm saying? Thank you very much. We'll be back next week. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>